Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Putin. This is episode 365. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Stacy. That is at StacyPatton89 on Twitter. We're on X, as the kids like to call it. Uh, <coughs> Stacy, how are you doing on this? We'll just say a Tuesday. A Tuesday. A Tuesday. Yeah, not a victory Tuesday for. Well, it, it is for the Bills. I hey. I want to see Bill's Chiefs going to be appointment theater. Uh, I am genuinely excited for your team. Genuinely. Besides the fact you're my co-host, it's a franchise that definitely deserves um, what Josh, that run he had was fucking insane. Um, <coughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's snowy and rainy and shitty here. So, <coughs> um, yeah, I um, the Bills did win. Uh, unfortunately, their entire linebacking and secondary is depleted, so we will see how they overcome they that. The Bowl, but they are playing shrine, next week. You got to build a shrine in your house to Josh Allen if they win the Super Bowl. No, uh, I have to to offer. Um, I need to offer uh, a tribute to my fearless leader. Sean Six the terrorist. Six um, uh, Sean the terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Before we get started, I do have to make a few announcements. The first thing that Strickland has an Instagram. Check that out. That is at Strickland on Instagram. Posting all kinds of new content on there. Strickland also has a YouTube channel where you may be watching this podcast. If you are not done so already, please hit like and then subscribe to the channel. That'd be a huge help to us. The Strickland also has merchandise that is available on our website. You can find that at www.thestrick.land. There's a link that'll take you to the merchandise store. You can find all kinds of cool t- content or cool merchandise on there. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, coffee mugs, water bottles, you name it, we've got it. And finally, the Strickland also has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There is a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland, the podcast that I was with Prez. You also got access to the Strickland not the Strickland Mailbag, but now the newest podcast, Takes from Obvious Bozos, hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, along with Zach Ladder. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strickland Roll, my solo pod, where I rant and rave about the next even more. You also get access to wonderful premium articles by Matthew Marino, one of the best in the business. And now you also get access to Strictly NFL, which you guessed it is our newest podcast about the NFL that is hosted by Constantine Metricos and Jeff Rasmussen. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $15 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, including part recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co host a podcast alongside yours for the one day whether you choose to subscribe or not. And it's going to be possible that you, and it's going to be possible without Bet Online, with the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, views, and scores with additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile. You can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use a promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus and your first sponsor. Bet online where the game starts. Um, so, uh, you know, 
the Knicks uh, played a game yesterday. They lost to the Magic, 98-94, and what was a extreme rock fight. No Brunson for the second game in a row. Um, Julius had a very rough game, also tweaked his anchor early on. Uh, so we'll see. I would suspect he plays again because he always plays, but he did not have a good game. Um, and his defensive effort, especially down, down the stretch, was pretty disappointing. Uh, Deuce McBride had a nice game. And I personally feel very strongly about this that I thought Tom Thibodeau lost this game for the Knicks uh, because of his raging fucking boner for Josh Hart. And I'm pretty sick and tired of watching Josh Hart play basketball right now, especially the two. And I'm pretty sick and tired of people justifying why he plays and why Tibbs loves him and why Tibbs has to play him. Um, And I'm sick and tired of the players whose minutes get cut as a result of that and as a result of Tom Thibodeau's extremely ridiculous disgusting necessity to have a true five on the floor at times at all times uh to the point that he's convinced himself now that precious achua who is fucking garbage okay precious achua is fucking garbage he is fucking terrible the fact that he's getting more minutes now consistently because of just he blew two nice julius we talk about julius struggling he had five assists zero turnovers it probably should have been at least seven just from Precious. Precious is Probably eight terrible. or nine or he's, ten if you look at hard. But terrible. He's terrible, terrible, terrible. The fact that he's getting minutes now, and that results as a trickle-down, it results in less minutes for Quentin Grimes. It results in less minutes for Dante DiVincenzo. Once Jalen Brunson comes back, it will result in less minutes for uh, Deuce McBride, Deuce. guaranteed. Like, this is this is where his inability to be any any just modicum of flexible is a killer and if you want to tell me well julius was hurt yesterday so that's why he couldn't do it okay fine he was hurt yesterday you want to give him that fine was he hurt against memphis no memphis was playing a fucking squad of fucking jags in that game and you couldn't try you couldn't even try okay you couldn't try your offense is like in the absolute shitter without brunson but you couldn't try going small to see i mean hey, is there maybe, is there maybe if there's more space find about precious like you just no, got precious, do you fact find a little bit here? No, you don't. Look, why can't you? You can fucking fact find about guys you have. <laughs> fucking fact find about shit you've had on the fucking roster for three fucking years. That you've Jericho Sims hasn't played against backups. That's a thing. He either starts or he doesn't play. Right? That's a thing. That's fact finding. So yeah, I'm yeah. with you. But it's it's ridiculous. <clears throat> just like you can try. You could okay. You could you could have tried it against Memphis. You could have tried it against fucking Dallas. Dallas was playing, they legitimately played Grant Williams at the five. They played Marquise Morris at the five for stretches of that game. Kleba is is smaller than is shorter than Randall, isn't he? Kleba? If he, even if he's not shorter, it's not a guy that you're like, oh my God, he's gonna just destroy Randall in the post or something. Like it's it's ridiculous. Well, that's not like, what you're worried the, about. You're worried yeah, about the drop coverage. Yeah, the, the fact that you cannot that he will not try this stuff directly impacts players' minutes. And it creates this bullshit binary people like to bring up where it's like, well, where's Grimes going to get his minutes? Hart has to play this. And Div- like, like this is not how lineups work. Lineups do not work as binary, like player versus player. Well, do do they work NBA like that in the NBA, NBA though? I mean, because I think you watch a lot more other teams than me. And I'm curious if some of these issues, like Hart has I, to get certain minutes. Stacey, you watch enough NBA over the entire entirety of your life. How many fucking teams in the NBA would never use Julius Randle the five over the course of four years? Name me, name me one team that would just be like maybe Doc Rivers. That's maybe the only Monty, other fucking guy. Monty, because he's trying to lose his job of, right he's now. Out of job. Monty Williams, maybe. Okay, another guy who's terrible at his job. Like any, do you think Eric Spolstra would never use Julius Randle the five? That's like saying 
do you think do you think Mike Malone would never use Julius Randle the five? And yeah, you can be like, well, those guys are championship coaches. That is the fucking point. That is the point. Championship coaches have to be able to use pivots. If Tom Thibodeau cannot explain, if the only thing that goes through his mind when he wants to experiment stuff is playing big, that is a fuck up. That is that is a blind spot he has, and you cannot deny how that influences. Like, and that in in turn seems to be shaping how they view roster construction and the decisions they make. And it is bad. That is bad. Like, I'm sorry. If you trade for OG and Obi, part of that appeal, a piece of not saying all of it, obviously. The majority of his appeal is just that he's a lockdown defender. Part of that appeal should be, oh wow, this is really cool because now I can play OG at the four and have Hart at the three. And you're not even exploring three. that in games where you should be, right? Because if Brunson comes back, you say, well, we'll have full strength. Um, I um, I didn't expect you to be in this bad a mood after the Bills were fucking awesome and Josh Allen looked like um, the destroyer of all worlds. I do want to ask you this. I think a criticism or kind of not a criticism, but something I've seen is that there's always a guy Knicks fans will pick on. You know, it used to be even before Tibbs, why isn't Frank getting minutes over Elf? Right. You you wrote an awesome art article actually saying that like moving Frank to the bench behind Elf. I remember this on PNC, how that benefited like the on off with, with Frank and how much more beneficial he was. There's always a guy, right? So it was Elf. Then after Elf, it was, you know, Fournier and Kemba. And when they left, it was Burks, who definitely didn't des- I don't I think that's a little bit misconstrued because I don't think anyone I don't I definitely never had a problem with Burks starting. I had a, a problem with him starting at one. Uh, if he started next to quickly at the two, I think that would have been a great lineup. Uh and then once he's gone, then it's RJ. Then it's um and then people did say it's gonna be hard now, right? Do you think that's a thing or, you know, are we just always hyper-focused on trying to isolate to one player? How would you respond to that? Um, you're saying that we're hyper-focusing on Josh Hart? Is that, is that the... I'm, I'm asking about if there is a general trend for Knicks fans or for us to focus on one player as the source of all the lineup problems. It's it's it is not them, a player. It is, there are no there are no lineup problems. What are the like, what what are we talking about when we're, when we're saying there are lineup problems? We're talking about the use. So you're of talking about Harden now, right? You're you're well, ice, yes. Hard is the biggest. Hard at the two is a fucking joke. Like we we don't need more proof of this. We saw this in the fucking playoffs last year. Like well, it's not yes. hard playing at all. It is hard at the two. Right? right. I have no problem with Josh Hart. Like yes, I I don't. Let me rephrase that. I have a very big problem with how Josh Hart has played this year. I think he's played like he's got his head up his ass. He's not been as focused. His energy and impact on games is nowhere near what it was last year. I know his on-court and on-off is still looking real good. Yeah, separate um, that from quickly, though, by the way. Yeah, it it's, not, it's not good. dog shit without quickly. So yeah. he was riding the coattails of the on-off god. Man. Yeah, and 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 the EPM hates him this year. He's by far and away the Knicks' lowest rotation guy right now by EPM. He's at like 32nd. I think he's the 30th percentile after yesterday in EPM. Grimes, just for some perspective, is 55th percentile. And I don't think Grimes has had a very good season either. So this is not a case of like, oh, I just overvalue. I actually think Hart at his best is clearly a better player even today than Quentin Grimes. But, but if you're talking about lineup construction, then you cannot play Josh Hart at the two 
especially when you don't have Jalen Brunson at this point in time. Jalen Brunson is such a good scorer. He's such a good scorer that you can have dog shit lineups out there in terms of spacing, and he can just make shit happen because that's what he does. But you don't have that. So you're actually not just fucking over Josh Hart. You're fucking over Deuce McBride. You're fucking over an OG Ananobi. You're fucking over Quentin Grimes when he has to play. Like, you're fucking over so many guys and even Julius Randle, like people want, to, people want to say you're a bitch about Julius Randle. That's fine. I, I, I get it. I've done it plenty. But when you play Julius Randle in a lineup that has Deuce McBride running point, Josh Hart and OG at the two and three, which he's been doing now for like way too many minutes every game, and then a Hartenstein at the five, who obviously for all the things he is good at and he is better at creating space than Mitchell Robinson, he's still not much of a spacer. Like when you're doing that to him, it is a disservice. And you're not going to have a good offense. I'm sorry. I, I I agree that Julius Randle played bad yesterday. I agree that he has to be better when you want. I get all of but that. But we didn't learn anything new about Randle. Right. We, we know he, if, you, if, if he's the focal point of the offense. Well, we saw this. We saw this when he had Alec Burks. Alec Burks, by the way, Deuce was awesome yesterday. Alec Burks, 2022, was better than anyone they had in the perimeter next to Randle. Um, he doesn't have quickly anymore. Doesn't even have RJ to whatever extent that might have helped. So it was literally Julius against the world. Considering that, I thought he did pretty good. Or, or like not what you would expect from a quote unquote star. So fine. He's not. How many? Let me ask you. I want to ask you this one. How many guys would have thrived in the situation or even even had a decent game in the situation Julius had? You're talking about guys like Luca. You're talking about LeBron. Like who besides that tier of guys, who's having a good game in that situation? Not not a lot of guys. Like I think if you put AD in that situation, he's probably he's having a terrible he's game. He's gonna fucking be awful. Bam is gonna be awful. Those are stars. And Bam gives you a lot more in the defense. Both of those guys, so maybe that's not but Jalen Brown, that's everyone says, oh, he's good enough to be number two. Well, he was good. Jalen Brown would have gone five for eighteen yesterday. Worse, maybe. And I, I thought Randall's decision making was good. Yet they won his minutes. He was plus two. Um, and I think it's worth noting that because I think a lot of the, the fact was like, we needed Randall to step up and he didn't. And it's like, we already know what his limitations are. He can't handle triple teams when there's no threat. And there were, he tried to make the right play. I thought he generally tried to make the right play. There were many times, again, I, I, I want to say Josh Hart was a good acquisition by the Knicks. He's a very good player. How many times did you see Deuce or Randall, who are already struggling to create space because of the attention, kick it out to Josh Hart and the possession dies, or it ends up in the fucking whack-ass turnaround jumper or something? How many times did you see that? Like, it's it's just like people were like, "Well, I, I saw someone say like, well, uh, the the guards outplayed Randall yesterday." Yeah, do you think? Well, Deuce is kind of Deuce just hit some fucking insane shots. I also would suggest that, but... I, I also would suggest that like I agree Randall played really poorly individually. I also think people are underestimating how much the offense cratered every single like it wasn't good to begin with, but it was pretty just more like non-existent every time he sat. Like you didn't have it puts way too much pressure on Deuce. Like even when Randall sucks, like he sucked yesterday, defenses have to pay attention to him. And this is like something that I've really grown to appreciate this year, especially just watching some of these rebuilding teams where you're like, holy shit, like what the fuck is wrong with your team? Um, but like, dudes benefited from that yesterday. And that's cool. Like that's that's a good thing, right? Like we see Randall benefit from playing with Brunson. 
right? So, so, so did DiVincenzo. He didn't right. shoot well, but he, he scored. Grimes, Grimes, when he actually got to fucking play, did. By the by the way, Schwinn, just as uh, a side note, what is that coach you got on? Because um, that that's that's got some Clyde energy right there. But I'm feeling it. Oh yeah, uh, I know. I just you asked me where I got it. No, no, like what? What is? Is that a coat or is that a? No, it's a corduroy. It's a shirt. It's nice, man. That's uh, that's got some Clyde energy, but um, but yeah, like it's just um, I don't think like, what are you trying to draw from that performance from Randall? Oh, he cannot. He's not Nikola Jokic. Awesome. Did we not it, know that already? Well, like, also, like, <laughs> I, I, all I will say is, like, I, I agree with your point, and all I will say is that, like, personally, there's just not anything I'm going to learn from Julius Randle from the regular season. Like there just really isn't like, and I, and I, I just don't even know what, like I, I tweet he doesn't learn anything when he's not playing with Brunson. All, all, he has to play with Brunson. That's yeah. or a guy like that. That's, all, but that, that doesn't learned, mean he's a bad player. right? Yeah. So. All, all I learned is that he like, once again, he gutted it through injury. And when he guts it through injury, I can respect it, but his defensive effort sucks. And that's a pretty big problem for the Knicks. Especially when and, he plays 44 minutes, too. Right? Yeah. And and so... And does everything, literally everything, every possession he has to touch the ball. Yeah. And he so, has to go in the paint and bang because that's his game now. He's not going to shoot threes as much. When he tried, he wasn't as good. It's just, it, that is who he is, you know? Like, it's he's not going to carry an offense. And yeah, like, they nearly won still, but it was an ugly-ass game. That's just what it's going to be if you don't have Brunson right now. Yeah, um, and I don't know. I, I just but like to go back to the original. Like I don't. To me, the issue is like yeah, Josh Hart is going through like he's struggling right now, and I really think like I don't know what's going on with him, but his impact overall just has not been there. I, he's missing threes, and that's part of it. But like even aside from that, I think I think his defense has not been particularly great this year. I mean, yesterday he lost Joe Ingles multiple times off ball that resulted in buckets and, and, and whatever for, for the magic. And that's just not acceptable. Like that needs to be a matchup. You win. you got to win your minutes when you're on the fucking floor against Joe Ingles. Like not, maybe not the minutes because obviously that's a dynamic five man thing, but like you got to win the matchup. He's not winning the matchup. Um, he is taking, he took some early clock threes yesterday that are just like, dude, like what the fuck? Like, I, I'm, I guess I like that he's shooting that with a little bit more confidence, but even at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. That doesn't seem like a particularly great shot. Um, he had a possession where he like brought like the other thing too. And I, I actually wonder about this. He complained earlier in the season about his role at the time. I actually kind of understood it because I felt his role was pretty much like be OB top and in the half court. Since then we've seen him really get on the ball a lot more and bring the ball up and start being this weird half court initiator thing. That's fucking Awful. Yeah, it's it's awful. I I will give. How many some... times does he look off Deuce, man? Like that's what like he did this with. Divincenzo pushes the pace. Divincenzo pushes the pace, but it's always either an outlet or he has a fucking layup. If he doesn't have that, he pushes or he, he slows it down and gives it to Deuce. Like I I'm 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 rewatching the wire, so I'm gonna say this: chain of command, right? Like go through, let like heart just. Try, thinks he's the fucking point guard. You're not. That's not who you are. I don't. Winning time. I'll channel this. I don't know who got it in your head that you're a fucking star, but you're not. Get the ball to Deuce. He has limitations, and I don't, maybe that's a tips thing, but like, try to take the pressure off Deuce. But like, that is a that is 
but so I'll I'll say this like I think when you talk about Josh Hart, I think as a, in light of his new contract, probably, and you mentioned this right that they they've done this has been happening before, um, you know, Brunson got hurt, or even before the quickly trade, right? That he has been trying to do more, that ends um, often disastrously, and. Part of me is like, well, just go back to your normal rule, right? Cut, take open threes, you know, screen. I think one thing that's lost with Hart is like he's a really good screener, and off that short roll, he's a good playmaker. They need to go back to that a little bit. But it's also like, what is he doing that Grimes can't? He's a better rebounder. Okay, fine. He's a better short roll playmaker. Fine. What is he doing that Deuce can't? Because here's the thing, like, if they trade for DeJounte Murray or if they trade for, um, you know, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, and we should talk about the trade rumor that came out that, you know, the Knicks are shopping Grimes. Um, but let's say they kept Grimes. The logical thing would be, oh, nine-man rotation, Deuce has to go to the bench. I'm like, but why? Deuce was hitting insane shots yesterday. And, 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 Look, it's not probably something you can rely on. I'll even say this. The, when people say, like, Deuce could be better than Quickly, I laugh, right? There, he had a couple of – he had that one, in like, really nice behind-the-back move, and he had a floater that quickly hits nine times out of ten. Missed it. Um, I shouldn't even make that move, though. I like seeing the confidence. I love um, – this is not a knock on Deuce. It's just these are the differences, right? Every time he got in the paint, you could see, like, he had a pocket past Hardenstein, right read, just the touch ain't there. These are the things that quickly was good at, but all of that, like what does Hart do better than Deuce right now? And Deuce would be the logical guy. If you just added, you know, if you didn't have to give up, if you have Fournier in a pick for like Malcolm Brogdon, Deuce would be out. And I don't think that's fair. Like f- forget fair. I don't think that helps the team. I think, you know, Josh Hart is making $20 million a year, but outside of that, what is he giving this team that Deuce has not for several years now? And yeah, we talk about Quickly's impact. Deuce's on-off has been pretty fucking good for a while. Never turns the ball over. Can hit shots. And right now it's coming up at a big level, but I've always believed in the shot because it's just like it's always looked pure. In some, I, I will say this. I'd say he's a better contested three-point shooter than Quickly. I don't think he's a better overall shooter than Quickly, but contested three-point shots, Yeah. And he just he has a high release. He has he has the same kind of wingspan as quickly. But why like what could you like forget the salaries? If we added someone, would you rather bench Hart or McBride right now? You know, assuming it was just Forney and a pick. And so no one no rotation players are going on. Um I mean I'd rather bench Hart, but like I, again, like this is my point. That's a big this, fucking deal, though, that you even think that it, it is. But like this is this is my point. We are creating like, th- like when you you asked earlier, what well, well, do Knicks fans single out a player? The reason I single out Josh Hart, and I've been singling him out this year so much, is because Tom Thibodeau is over relying on him. He's putting him in positions that are detrimental to the things he can actually provide you. Josh Hart cannot space the floor for you. Okay, he's not going to do it. He he'll shoot. He can shoot. What I think he's a career thirty-five percent three-point shooter. He says something like thirty-two percent. It's not like they call the two a shooting guard, right? Yeah. Well, so he he's he's not going to do that for you. Okay. He's not some half-court creator. He's not a particularly great lockdown defender. He's a guy who tries hard. 
he's a guy who has value on that end. He's obviously a great defensive rebounder. He can help push pace in transition. He's a good finisher. He's in a hard-nosed defender, Schwinn. Yeah. Quickly was weak and soft. Right. So. And, and, and so there are things he gives you that I like. You define the like he, but he's not a player. Like this, the difference between him and Quickly to me is this: Quickly was a lot more variable in the lineups you could put him in. You could put him in a lineup next to guys that couldn't shoot because you know why? Because he can shoot. Literally every lineup he was in won their minutes. Right. So all of so, them. So they're like that guy is more flexible. Grimes might not be. He can't do as many things as Josh Hart, but because he can shoot and he can defend. That makes him a lot easier plug-and-play player in various lineups. Ditto for Deuce McBride, even though he's, and he's a better player. defender yeah. than Hart. Let's yeah. be, let's, let's, especially like we saw that in the playoffs. They put Grimes on Jimmy, Jimmy disappeared. They put Hart on Jimmy, Jimmy had success. I don't know, Jim. Like Hart was supposed to be. That was the reason, right? They told us, well, forget the shooting. Hart has the size to match up with Butler, and Grimes does have problems with guys like Tatum and all that, but. In that matchup, and like it's not like Hart doesn't struggle with Tatum too. Yeah. Um, and so the point is Josh Hart can still give you value. Maybe you need to cut his minutes. Okay, maybe that's part of it. But he can give you value if you use him in the right lineups. I still believe that. I don't there's no reason for me not to believe that because I still I don't think anything has changed about him as a player. He might just be struggling this year. He's having guys have down years. He's having a down year. Fine, it happens. What annoys me about the thing that you just said is who would I what I don't want to give up the get precious Achua does not need minutes he doesn't he does not need to play he is bad and if you think if and clearly Tom Thibodeau also believes that Jericho Sims he might fucking fillet him or whatever in fucking training camp oh Jericho had such a great training camp he was so prepared like clearly he doesn't think Jericho Sims is good either okay so if you don't think those guys are good then it is your job as a coach to explore other options, especially when you have a team now who is traded for OG Ananobi and who has versatile pieces. If you refuse to explore that, that is on you. And so if the Knicks trade for a guy like Malcolm Brogdon or something, let's just say Malcolm Brogdon, let's say that's the guy. And let's say they don't trade out Quentin Grimes. I don't think, like, the minutes don't need to, Hart doesn't need to go out of the rotation. Grimes doesn't need to go out of the rotation. Deuce doesn't need to go out of the rotation. Precious Chua can get the fuck out of the rotation. And Tom Thibodeau can figure out, okay, how do I stagger just enough so that I can play Randall at the five for like, how many minutes is Isaiah Hartenstein averaging right now? What is like 36 or something since fucking Mitchell Robinson went down? Whatever. Let's say he's averaging 35 minutes a night. You can't figure out how to stagger your rotations enough that OG plays the four, Randall plays. Even if you got to play, okay, fine. You got to play Precious like a couple of minutes each half. Fine. That's still better than what you're doing right now. And it's going to create opportunities for other guys that deserve it more. And, and, and then the other, and then the final part is just Josh Hart does not need, like if Quentin Grimes has repercussions for his play, so can Josh Hart. And I'm not, that, again, that doesn't mean bench him. That means when he's playing like poorly, you can just fucking cut his minutes. He does like there was no reason for him to play 24 minutes last night. That was ridiculous. And quite honestly, that's what I thought lost us the game. The Knicks were up double digits. They were up, I believe they were up five in the first half when Josh Hart came in. They were down two by the time he went out. They were up eight or nine when he came out when he came in. He was a minus fourteen team yeah. high. Grimes yeah. was we should also say Grimes was a minus like ten, but before the last couple of Grimes minutes, is only 30. playing with Josh Hart right now. This is what we have to understand. He is only playing with Josh Hart. 
And Josh Hart right now is is playing bad. And he's also, and again, these lineups that they're in have zero shot creation, right? It's like, so I get that part of it. That's a struggle. So I don't care. Like, I don't mind when they lose the minutes right now where it's like, you know, Flynn, Grimes, Hart, OG or something. Like, you're not going to win those minutes most of the time. It's just not going to happen. I get it. Not against good teams, but yeah. yeah. But you, like, what you what you cannot do is have Hart come in at the two for no, like, you're taking, he took out DiVincenzo after seven minutes in each half. For no reason. Those lineups, again, I think they were plus, they were up five in the first half, and I think they were up two at halftime, so I think they were, like, up at nine when when Josh Hart came in in the second half. And immediately, you you cannot score, and the lead starts coming down. That's not all Josh Hart, obviously. But, again, it's very hard to look at that, 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 that box score, and it is DiVincenzo did not play a single. There was no cross crossover between him and Josh Hart. Not any What's second. How, how many times? Any second. Hold on. Hold on. Steven Chenzo was a plus nine yesterday. And yeah, he missed free throws at the end. He missed, what, two down the stretch? He missed th- three overall, which yeah. is not yeah. like him. So. Which is not great. He, whatever. But he missed two in the fourth quarter? Okay, that's not great. He finished plus nine yesterday. Josh Hart was a minus 13. That's the fucking game. That is literally the game. It is, it, like, I, again, I, I don't. I don't like I single game plus minus is always wonky a little bit, but when you so clearly use DiVincenzo for 24 minutes and then the other 24 minutes when he's sitting, Josh Hart is on the floor and that's it. There's no crossover. It says plenty to me because in their time on the floor, they're playing with the other guys that the other guys played, right? Oh, he played with Grimes. He played with OG, he played with Randall, whatever. These guys play mixed and match and play with different, different combinations. The fact that Hart has just been was that bad yesterday, and and not just forgetting that he was bad, like he's been not, bad. It's not like his rebounding was particularly awesome yesterday. It's and he wasn't giving you much in transition, like and he certainly wasn't spacing the floor. And so, even Chenzo's a good rebounder too, right? So what? So he wasn't. So he even Chenzo had some awesome rebounds, by right. the way. We should mention yeah. that. And 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 like so, if he's not playing well, just. Like, play Grimes in the three. The fact that he – and this is the other thing that he started doing this year. Grimes can't play the three. It is bullshit. I reject it entirely. Anybody that buys that and 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 creates it as like, well, well you know, what can Tibbs do? Like, he, Grimes can't play the three. That's nonsense. It is fucking nonsense. He played Grimes the three a bunch last year, and they were awesome in those minutes. And I understand the, the same combination. Do you have the numbers on that, by the way? If you don't, that's fine. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't have them right now. I can pull it up later. Um, but, like, the quickly McBride – Grimes, that was an awesome combination for us before we traded for Josh Hart. Okay, like Grimes played minutes at the three. He's played minutes at the three the previous two seasons of his career. The fact that now arbitrarily he can't play the three anymore is fucking bullshit. And is, it, absolutely- is Hart bigger than him even? Like he might play a little, but they're the same size, aren't they? Um, you might need Omar in here for a size check, but like, yeah, like they're the same size. Yeah, no, I mean they're they're I think Hart six four and Grimes is about six four, six five. So they're not like too dissimilar. And I get it. Hart plays bigger than that. I get that. Yeah, Grimes' rebounding is yeah. like a thing, but it's not like and there's some people who mentioned his rebounding has been better since he went to the bench. Um that's the thing, like, but in the, that's we should talk about like how how did you feel seeing the the Grimes trade rumor today? I mean, first of all, do you think do you think that's from Tibbs? Like, do you think there's a lot of, you know, do you think there's a good amount of smoke to that or what? Um, 
I think that when you don't play a guy, when you reduce a player's minutes the way that Grimes' minutes have been reduced to this degree, it is inevitable that their name is going to come up in trade conversations. Um, it's just what it is. Um, and I don't know. I um, I I don't know what to make of it. Like, I think that it's definitely obviously possible that I mean, they've look, they, they traded IQ and RJ for OG. Like, I think that tips their hand as to as to how aggressive they plan on being and that clearly they're not necessarily attached to any of these young players to some high degree. Um, so that tips their hand. Uh, I I would be very annoyed if they trade like, you know, I'll just pull up the name of lists uh, or the, the names on the list he mentioned. Um. Some play, so this is what he said. This is from Fred Katz, just in case anybody was wondering, uh, from The Athletic. The Knicks could pair Evan Fournier, who's on an ex- expiring $18. million contract, with Grimes to like a contract of that size. Some players who fit the description include, in no particular order, the Portland Trailblazers, Malcolm Brogdon, the Utah Jazz's Clark, Jordan Clarkson, and Colin Sexton, the Charlotte Hornets' Terry Rozier, the Indiana Pacers' Bruce Brown and T.J. McConnell, the Atlanta Hawks' Bogdan Bogdanovich, the Cleveland Cavaliers' Karis LeVert, and the Dallas Mavericks says Tim Hardaway Jr. There is maybe there's one player on this entire list that I would consider trading Grimes out for. Sexton. And oh, sorry, say it again. Sexton. Yeah, Sexton. And and that's fine. If they did that trade, if it was, I'd be like, okay, that's pretty cool. I'm fine with that. Brogdon? No. Clarkson? No. Terry Rozier? No. Bruce Bruce Rozier. Rozier's averaging twenty four and seven. Yes, and he would not play any minutes to get 24 and 7 in New York. Uh, Bruce Brown? No. TJ McConnell, get the fuck out of my face. Atlanta Hawks, Bogdan Bogdanovich? No. And I like Bogdanovich. I've actually talked about it. I've suggested him as somebody. Uh, Wait, in, sorry. In, did you say Atlanta or Detroit? Atlanta. Um, Karis Levert? Absolutely fucking not. Dallas Mavericks is Tim Hardaway Jr. Third time is not going to be the charm. Like, enough. <laughs> like, in, enough with God, this. God, if we trade him for Hardaway? God. But you don't need. But even if you even if you want these guys, there's literally one guy on that list that I think you would actually need to include Grimes to get. And even, like if and to your point, like let's say let's say Charlotte's like, hey, you know what? We actually just love Rozier so much. We're not trading him. I'd be like, okay, fine. We're gonna move on down the list then. Like I do, do like Rozier, so I uh, that's the one I think about. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if at, at least Rozier's good enough and has a track record long enough, fine. And he's if a he, solid defender. Like yeah, sure. Smaller, it, it, but... if, if that's what you want to do, fine. But, like, Jordan Clarkson, Brogdon, are you fucking serious? Bogdanovich? No. Like, I'm sorry. This is just so dumb. And it's not because I love Quentin Grimes and think he's, like, the greatest player ever. I'm No, but he's he is a close to 40% three-point shooter who can get it off very quickly. And that this is – everyone's like, well, he didn't shoot well in the playoffs. Hard shot, hard shot in the playoffs. It's like, yeah, he was wide the fuck open every time. Like, people are ignoring this context. And even when Grimes is out there, you see that, like, it's very difficult for me to kind of, you know, the people who are shitting on Quentin Grimes are going by count stats. And it's like, well, yeah, but look at the, look at the, what actually happens, right? You, you're, you hate advanced stats because you go by the eye test. Look at what happens when they're on the floor. And, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think I'm probably a little bit more friendly to a Rozier deal, but there's no reason they need to give up Quinn Grimes to get Brogdon. There's probably no reason they need to give it up to get 
Clarkson, who, by the way, as much as I would actually like Clarkson on this team, defensive downgrade majorly. And and that's – I mean, do you think Tibbs actually thinks Hart is a better point-of-attack defender than Grimes? Yes. Like, that is a really bad evaluation based on any kind of evidence. I mean, I don't even under – I genuinely don't – I'll say this. The other part of this piece that really fucking bothers me, that really, really bothers me is this. I'm just going to read it out because I think this is like – this is exactly why I believe Tom Thibodeau is a huge problem for this organization with the way that he deploys talent. Um, but here we go. we got to figure this out. Uh, here. The front office, I'm going to read this part, kind of extended, but I want to read this out in full. The front office wanted to hand opportunities to 23-year-old point guard Miles McBride, who is out of the rotation, and Grimes, who is losing playing time to DiVincenzo and Hart. This is in, with regard to uh, motivation of uh, the Ananobi trade. McBride's role has revved up, especially with him starting in Brunson's place for the past two games. He went for a career-high 20 points one day, but Grimes, save for a couple of performances when his minutes climbed to the low 20s, has maintained. Over the past two games with Brunson out and Hart struggling, Grimes has played a total of 29 minutes. It's a surprising turn given how Thibodeau once viewed the third-year sharpshooter. The Knicks coach was a major advocate behind drafting Grimes number 25 in 2021. He was a driving force in he was a driving force in the mission not to include him in past trades. At some point in the past year, that changed. The addition of DiVincenzo has complicated the situation too. A weekend in December, blah, 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 he loses his role. Um, and then I won't then I won't go here. Because of their overlapping qualities, Thibodeau has veered away from playing those two together with regard to Grimes and DiVincenzo, instead placing at least one of the bigger wings, Barrett, Hart, or Ananobi, alongside them. Grimes and DiVincenzo have played only 36 minutes together all season. Uh, Thibodeau says he's been hesitant to deploy Grimes-DiVincenzo lineups because of size. DiVincenzo is more comfortable defending guards. Hart is the same height as them, but has a brawnier build. But Thibodeau also used to trust Grimes to defend all types of perimeter players from guards like Trey Young to big wings like Pascal Siakam. You cannot indulge a coach like this. I'm sorry. You cannot indulge a coach like this and allow him to influence roster decisions to this degree. You, he cannot go from, okay, he defends everybody to, oh, my God, I cannot play him at the three ever again. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. It is a fucking joke. 36 minutes the entire year for DiVincenzo and Grimes is fucking bananas. That's ridiculous. That is just shitty coaching. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, it, it just drives me absolutely crazy. And I have a huge problem with it and I don't understand it. And the fact that they're allowing this to happen in there, it, it's like they're fucking gaslighting me or something. Cause I, I don't, I don't really be, like, I genuinely cannot understand how you can allow a, a coach cannot be the driving force of, at least, or a contributing factor, at least let's call it that, of drafting a player, leaving said player out of major trades, and then deciding, well, I don't need this player anymore, so we're good. Like, that's that, if that is the degree of influence Tom Thibodeau has, that's a huge problem. And that is very, very worrying. And um, I, I don't know. If that's the degree of influence Tom Thibodeau has, I have really big issues with everything that's going on right now in this front office. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, let's start with this. Heart is what did you say, brawnier? Then yeah, yeah. Then Grimes. Is he really? <laughs> He's a better rebounder. He has a good knack for where the ball goes. Quickly was too. Quickly is a better rebounder than Grimes. Is he brawnier than Grimes? 
that's your proxy. I don't know about that. Um, I mean, if they were to tr- let's say they traded Grimes to get De- Dejounte Murray, right? You think Grimes quickly RJ for Dejounte Murray, Hart, and DiVincenzo is a upgrade on the team? That's what you have to look at. I don't really think so. Depends on if you think you know quickly, quickly. But I it 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 almost feels like. Isn't so much as evaluation like Hart has that dog in him. Grimes is soft, right? Like, we have to like come back. I don't know who this came from. It was a probably not very greatly sourced report, but they said you know the Knicks got rid of the soft players and they added in hard nosed. They now have a roster full of hard nosed defenders. Is that really true? One, I think we everyone has beaten this to death. Even people who are lower on quickly that I've seen on Twitter are like that was one of our best defenders like we're not going to say he's not hard-nosed um obi fine if you want to say that he's a different type of player rj if you want to say that you know watch him go to the bucket there is some controversy there i don't think that was an upgrade and i it questions it calls into question again tibbs is talent like it took this guy half a season to play grimes over evan fournier and maybe you can say, well, he didn't know if he would shoot in games, but okay, isn't the whole thing supposed to be can they defend? Like, there's you can't tell me in practice it didn't clearly seem like Grimes was a way better defender than Evan Fournier or Alec Burks or any anyone else on the team that wasn't quickly or deuce. Um, and we saw it in playoffs. We saw what happened when Grimes was on Jimmy Butler, even with a hurt shoulder. Um so it, it just so if you're gonna if you're gonna trade a guy who is a very good point of attack defender, if not elite, I think he's close to that. Um, a solid team defender, Grimes never. Sh- I, I think the difference between him and quickly. And and the other thing is like, the other thing you said was like Divincenzo and Grimes are. I don't think you said redundant. What was the word you used? You used overlap uh, in skills. Overlap in skills. DiVincenzo is in the quick... He's a poor man's they, quick... They, they, shoot, they shoot too much. It's so bad to have that. So uh, forget offense, right? On defense, which is apparently the Tibbs thing, DiVincenzo is in the quickly... And by the way, Hart mold. Hart is in his best when he can jump passing lanes. That is what he is great at. That is why he has the transition gene, which he maybe over-exercises. Because he's good at anticipating. He's a very good help defender. On ball, he has the strength to cause some problems, and we've seen it pay off. You know, he shut down Jamal Murray down the stretch against the Nuggets last year. But, you know, DiVincenzo and Grimes are very, very different defensive players. DiVincenzo is not a great on-ball defender. He is a he's I don't think he's as good as Emmanuel quickly on ball. Um he is an excellent, you know. He you he is like the kind he's like a cornerback that you ask him to press and get up in a dude and it's it, there's just it's limitations there. But you ask him to play zone and you know and fool quarterbacks, that's who DiVincenzo is. That is very different from Grimes, who is at his best when he is blowing up DHOs, when he is, you know, um fighting through screens and getting and I'm not saying DiVincenzo is bad at this. What I'm saying is the idea that there's a skill overlap there, buddy. No, the skill overlap is between DiVincenzo and Hart on defense, at least. It's just it doesn't physically look that way to the eye. But 
They're both good rebounders. They're both very, very good off-ball players who can generate deflections. Neither one of them is a guy you want taking the best offensive option. And maybe that's the problem is that Tibbs thinks that Hart is that guy. But um, yeah, it just grinds. And, and I think the reason would be, well, everybody knows this, so Grimes is going to be your most valuable trade piece, right? That's where we're tra- told about IQ. Again, you're trading two of your best young players for, um, you know, to bring in vets, and that's fine. Are the vets even better? Like, if that's a question, like, we're not building for the future, I get that, but the vets you're bringing in aren't better. Like, I get it. You brought in DiVincenzo. He's an adequate, quickly replacement, so you can re- Allocate those resources. To yeah, a guy look, like I, look, I, I think the quick, the quickly thing is more annoying well, because where it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, but look, look, the quickly thing is different because, however you feel about that, I can at least understand the argument of like it's one I disagree with because they never fully explored anything with quickly. But if the argument is basically, we need to get a big wing defender. That's an archetype we just do not have, and we need to get that. Uh, and OG's the best one. He's the best one, right? That's the argument, right? He's the best one. That's more valuable than quickly who we like, but we don't think is a star point guard. Uh, he tops out somewhere just below that level, right? Or we, he's not, we have Brunson. That's yeah, we have Brunson, and therefore he's not going to be better than Brunson. And as good as he is, we just need this thing, and that thing is more valuable. Look, I get all of that. And while I will forever disagree with how they manage quickly here, I can wrap my brain around it. Right, I can't. I, I wrap my head around that. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Cool. You took out two guys from the rotation, two big minutes guys. Okay, Deuce gets the the quickly bump. Cool. We're we're happy. You're now talking about you need to trade out Grimes to bring in somebody. And the other part of this piece, by the way, that actually another part that just I fundamentally disagree with is this. Um, and look, they they obviously should be operating on a lot more intel than I am. So hopefully this logic proves to be true. Um, but uh, one thing that is mentioned in here is this. Uh, hold on one second. Okay. So the Knicks hold preferences beyond player type two. They obviously want a creator, right? They are also speaking specific types of contracts. The long-term plan remains to add a star to the core that's already present, but the organization still does not expect that star, whoever he may be, to become available until this summer at the earliest league sources tell The Athletic. Uh, And and basically, the point is, um, you know, if it goes on to say this, uh, the preference is not to flip Grimes for a player the Knicks could lose in free agency this upcoming summer, league sources said. and, and then later on, it goes on to say specifically, uh, sorry, one second. It, it means the Knicks' ideal trade candidate today fits the following criteria. Someone who Tom Thibodeau, somebody who Thibodeau trusts, suck a, suck a fucking wet fart. Someone on a tradable salary. Someone with at least one more year remaining after this one on his contract. Someone who can run the offense when Brunson is hurt or resting. Uh, like, I mean, it's kind of obvious what is being discussed here, right? It's it's about getting somebody who can be used. Uh, if the Knicks have a trade for a star, I mean, it goes on. But like, it's very obvious they want to 
have somebody that, that they can later trade in in a star trade. And like, I mean, fine, but like, I just don't feel great about that type of like team building. Maybe that's a luxury I have as a fan and not as somebody who is in you know a front office and has to kind of think in these in such a cold hearted way. Um, but yeah, it's just. I mean, again, this is the final part. Not the final part. It's right in the beginning. But the goal, according to league sources familiar with the organization thinking, is to add someone who could help the team today and also as a contract that would be attractive in a hypothetical trade for a star this upcoming summer. But acquiring a talented player takes giving up something good, too. Like, I'll say this. If you think Deuce is legit, then shouldn't you want to trade for, like, more of a wing scorer type guy than... than... Unless you think Deuce is a two, right? Is he your solution at the two? Can he play the Grimes role? Which I think he can. We need a bigger guard then. Um, I mean, I think. Do you think Brunson and Deuce is untenable? Well, it doesn't matter what I think. Our fearless leader has has told us that uh, such players cannot play together, and the no, Nats has brought into it. No, I'm, I'm being dead. No, no, Stacey, I'm not joking. I'm being serious. This is the logic that I was told, not by you, but countless people. This is the logic for why Emmanuel Cookley could never be a long term player here. That is a logic that also came out from people reporting. Deuce is a little bigger than quickly. But, but that's the reporting that was came out in and around the organization. And there's been nothing to suggest that Thibodeau believes Deuce can play next to Brunson because he's never done it. And he, he hasn't done it even when they've been shorthanded. He hasn't done it since the quickly, uh, since quickly and RJ have been traded. So I don't even think this is. I actually genuinely do not believe this is worth considering. He does not believe that they could, that that's possible. And we have plenty of evidence to, to, to suggest that that is true because you could not ask for more positive evidence than you would have had from quickly and Brunson and you didn't give a fuck. So I am going to say similarly and say, I don't give a fuck about whether I, what I think here or not, because it doesn't fucking matter because Tom Thibodeau apparently knows better than everybody. I do think that, I mean, he has played Deuce and Brunson together because Brunson babysits that bench unit. Um, I, I will, I'll look it up right now. I'm pretty sure they've, barely played any minutes together over the last years well two years but over the last few games since i mean deuce wasn't a part of the rotation right so that's not deuce deuce did not play with brunson they were basically play period because they had quickly if you have to look at it without quickly right i'll I'll look it up without quickly that's no problem um i think i think it's really it's it's hard as the problem but um or, I mean, Hart is the guy that is being shoehorned into roles that he probably shouldn't be shoehorned into when guys can fit that, but they're quote-unquote smaller. I think Deuce plays pretty fucking big. I do want to, on a more positive... They've played note, zero minutes together since the trade. Really? Yes. I was pretty sure Brunson of that. Has not, Brunson has not played a single minute. Wow. Not a single that's possession. Not... Well, that's that's another thing. It's like they're asking Deuce to be a backup point guard. For as good as Deuce has been, and I want to talk about this because this is maybe a positive thing. Deuce, they've asked me the backup point guard. They'll babysit him with Randall, so that's not, you know, leaving him on an island. But he's had to play without both Brunson and Randall. His strengths are not. It's not that he's so bad at space creation. He has some quickness. Um, he showed last game. One of the really encouraging things against Orlando was he showed. He was experimenting. He was experimenting with change of speeds, ball handling because it was experimentation. It's not something he's done a lot. Um, it wasn't particularly effective all the time. 
but he's trying those things out. And I think he has some of the tools to do that. I think you know, we mentioned it, like we had that beyond the back move, which was gorgeous. And it's just, it's figuring out that touch, right? It seemed like every time he got the free throw line and they collapsed on him, he had to think, he had to stop and think, right? Those are things that I think reps help. I mean, we've seen quickly go through that a couple of years ago. Um, but I think, I, I think that like, why would you not play Flynn with him, right? Flynn and Dew seem to be, Flynn is not a bad defender. He's a very good shooter, and he's better at some of those nuances, while Deuce is just probably the better overall player. I think you could play both of them, especially since Deuce can guard. I think that's another thing with where it comes to Tibbs. Are you willing to trust Deuce to like be on a two-all? Can you trust him to guard Jalen Brown? You saw that. His, um, his rookie year, he was on Cade Cunningham for a while. and Tibbs it, can't, so that's what it is. And and he did struggle, and Tibbs brought in Alec Burks, and the Knicks won that game. It's a game they should have won by a lot more, of course, all these things. So those things can matter. But, you know, kind of aside from our frustrations, what did you think of the Deuce game yesterday? Did you see anything different? Like, he was hitting some crazy – like, I'll say this. As much as, like, the he can replace quickly stuff seems kind of insane to me, just if you watch the game. But I think he's a better point of attack defender. I think he's a damn good team defender. Like, quickly had all the on-off stats. Deuce is up there. Um, and I, I actually think the one thing he's really much better at is just because of his high release, quickly has developed that mid-range game, but Deuce can really hit some contested shots. And, and this is not, you know, you can say, well, or he was hot against Orlando. That was something that showed up in college. And he has the confidence and the, the kind of the leash now to, to attempt those and make those with confidence. I'm curious, what did you think of Deuce yesterday? Uh, I thought he played really well. I thought his shooting is really coming along nicely. I buy the three-point shot now. It's nice to see that. But know, it's not just—it's not just catch and shoot, you know. It's—it's like—it's really no, no. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's really good. Um, I also think that he doesn't create a lot of easy shots for himself. Uh, he doesn't get into the paint consistently enough. Now, I actually think yesterday he did. He explored more dribble penetration than he has previously. Sometimes uh, you got to explore penetration just just yes. to tip, just to see how it feels. Yes, um, and so like I think that's you know um, obviously worth like it's good to see that, but it's obvious that bench unit just does not have enough offensive creation, which is why they need Josh Hart. No, um, but like. I just I don't know he he's in a really tough spot and I actually feel bad for him and it sucks that this is like when he's getting his shot because the Knicks are clearly going for it um and I don't know that they have the the wherewithal to like I don't think that he can I don't think the Knicks can afford to just be like, well, we trust Deuce and that's that's that. You know, I think it's really tough for them. And so this is where the Grimes piece comes in too, where it's like, okay, well, they, we need to make another move. Like, okay, but if we if we make another move, then, uh, you know, Grimes' minutes are gone. And like, I just, because they're not going to, they can't trade Hart. going to fill those? Um, sure. I, I don't know. I mean, I think you can trade a guy like, say you trade for Brogdon, he's a pretty big guy. Like, I think you have some options there. Um, maybe you trade for a guy like Bogdanovich instead of Brogdon. Like, you know, maybe you go with a wing guy instead of a point guard. And like, I don't know. Like, if you're betting that Brunson's going to be 
back at some point, and you now trust Deuce to at least play like, you know, let's say 16 minutes a night, that can go a long way. You know, that can go a long way to preserving Brunson and cutting his minutes. But Tibbs has to believe in Deuce, not just when Brunson is, is out, but when Brunson is hurt, like healthy. He can't freak out the first, like, oh my God, we had three straight bad possessions. Oh, I, I got to get Brunson back in. Like, you got to give the guy a fucking shot for real. Like, you, you got to give him confidence. And like, yeah, it's easy to give a guy confidence when you don't have other options. You know, it's easy to do that. Um, but it's... Yeah, he's played quickly 60 minutes or whatever against yeah. Boston, right, with Brunson yeah. out, right? So. Yeah, but it doesn't matter unless when Brunson's healthy, you also trust him. And he hasn't shown that yet. And I don't really have a reason to believe that he does, like, that he will. I, I just don't. I'm sorry. So I think that you get into a tricky position as management, but I also don't feel sympathy for management at this point because they are allowing Tibbs to present the roster and use the roster in ways that are what they are at the moment. And I disagree with that. And I think they're, they're, I think they're, they're really putting themselves in a tough spot. What is and the most alarming thing about Tibbs right now for you? The precious stuff. Like it, it, it just shows me he does not. So when you say the change. precious stuff, do you mean it's the unwillingness to play Randall to five? Yes. That's the only thing I care about. I don't give a fuck about, oh yeah, no, I want Jericho Simpson. I mean, one, I would like to see Jericho Simpson ahead of Precious. But two, like, Jericho Sims is not going to win you a playoff series. Precious Chua is not going to win you a playoff series. So if you want to say, oh, I can't play Randall, like, you know, let's say, let's say Hartenstein, ideally, you're like, well, we want to cap in like 32 minutes. Let's just say, or let's say 33 minutes for the hell of it. Okay. So let's say you're like, well, look, I, I, there's just no way to do this. Like, I can't play Randall at the five for, you know, the other 15. That just doesn't work. Okay, fine. What if you play Randall at the five for five minutes each half? So now you only, now, now Precious gets five minutes a game, literally. Like, is that really that insane? And, and guess what? That actually has a chance to be something that develops into a pivot that gives you an advantage or at least an option in a playoff series. The precious fucking Sim stuff, that's never, it's not, that's not an option. It's just the same thing you're doing with the worst players. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh my God, now we have Jericho Sims. This unlocks this like different look that we just don't have otherwise. And it diminishes the value of the OG trade to your earlier point. Right? Yeah, right. And so to me, like that's the most alarming thing is that this is, so it just proves to me that Tim's, only believes in what he believes in and what he believes in does not have compromise it's it's the uh you know what is it 15 years in the can oh, compromise 15 years in the can i wanted men of gut <laughs> i made grilled cheese off the radiator <laughs> who's that frankie uh what's no it's his uh feach lamana no no that's not feach it's uh it's not johnny sack jesus i can't remember his name right now Fuck! I could. This is really pissing me off. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. What are you, like eat a bar? Just Actually, a bar. real, real, real quick. Would you take any individual season of The Sopranos over season four of The Wire? Uh, I'd have to think about this. Um, I, I agree. The Sopranos is a better show overall, but. Phil Leotardo. There you go. Sorry, I I couldn't get past this. I just kept thinking of this thing. And it, uh, yeah, but um, you go, you forgot Leotardo. Oh, I don't remember that quote. So yeah, I'm just all. Yeah, but yeah, no, uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. I I personally, I like 
season three of the wire the most anyway so more than four but season yeah. three was good too so. season four is like cool for it's awesome for a very different reason just because you're like wow you got these performances out of like fucking kids like that's crazy um, dude is gonna like grow up to like be a, a nick's twitter influencer <laughs> that is pretty funny to think about but um yeah i don't know i don't know i maybe maybe i don't know i think the sopranos it's hard the sopranos in totality is just so good that who cares um but yeah like the, the tips thing is just that that's what it is to me it's just it's not so much even the individual like when you have mitch and hartenstein i can't wrap my head around like being so committed to 48 minutes of room protection even then it's kind of fucking insane right how, how many times are we watching game and you're like this would be a time to go small like this could make sense here and and i think what's what's concerning is if he doesn't want to use it all the time now i could at least understand i can understand that because it's like you want to make the argument you want to preserve julius whatever i get that do you think when mitchell robinson is back that that makes it more or less likely he would experiment with that less of course yeah so what the fuck? Like, that's that's the concern. The concern is that he won't even try it now. Why is he going to try when he gets Mitchell Robinson back? And do I think that you can win with a coach like that? I'll say this. Because I was thinking about this exact thing today, uh, because I was thinking about this, I came to a very strong opinion I hold now. And it is this. If this front office is tied to Tom Thibodeau, and it seems they are, Joel Embiid they have to get Joel Embiid. They have to. They have got to get him. Because if you're not going to go five out, if you're never going to use that as a tactical option and look to like, you know, pivot and all this stuff, you need to get that naturally from that position, which is a reason why we talked plenty on this last offseason uh, on here about potentially trading for Christoph Porzingis. But I digress. Not that Joel Embiid is a true five out option, right? But the idea of, a, a, a legit guy with gravity out to the perimeter, a scorer out there from that position, an offensive force. You need that from that position if Tom Thibodeau is your head coach because that is the only way, it is the only way you will get lineups that have legit scoring options. Do you think KP would have sufficed? Absolutely. I mean, he's a premier rim protector, so I'm, I'm 1,000% sure he would have. Um, you know, maybe the rebounding wouldn't have been ideal, but I think Tibbs would deal with that, right, if he has good rim protection. Apparently, he's able to deal with shitty rim protection and shitty defensive rebounding if he has precious fucking Achua. Um, but, and Jericho Sims for that matter. But like, I, I genuinely, I, I, Jericho I think, Sims is a better defensive rebounder. But yeah, yeah. but, but, but I, I now, I feel really, really strongly about this now. Not, not that this is not what I necessarily want or what I feel is the guy that you, you should go all in for or all, any, whatever you want to phrase it. But if Joel Embiid hits the market and they don't get him, they have failed. That's how I feel about that. Or because, they get rid of Tibbs. Yeah, but but if they if they keep Tibbs and they don't get Joel Embiid, they have failed. That's how I feel about it, and I feel really really strongly about that now because I've seen enough from him now for multiple seasons, and even now with new personnel, that I do not believe he has the tactical ability to adjust to to create a five out look. Like, I don't think he has that ability he, as a coach. I mean, do you need a five-out yes. look to win yes. a championship? Yes. Can you elaborate on that? I don't think I need to. I think it's very obvious. If, unless you have a championship superstar five, you need to have so a last year, last year, five-out. Last you need year, to, they went five-out. Let, 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 let me phrase it even more specifically. You need to have a look that is your star 
like because I think generally teams, right? This is fair to say. Generally, teams have a star front court guy and a star backcourt guy, and maybe a star wing guy. But like one guy is a front court guy, one guy is a wing or a guard guy. That's generally how teams are built. Like, so your front court star needs to be able to play the five for spurts. So I don't want to get into too much five out, but they need to be able to play the five for spurts. Giannis can play the five. Jokic obviously can play the five. Uh, AD can play the five. Draymond like, did. Was Draymond star, can play the but... five. The last team that did that managed to do this, and they were just such a loaded team in so many ways, and they did have a five out look, uh, was Toronto. But they they could play, you know. Uh, they had Ibaka, who's still good at the time. Siakam, Siakam played the five too, didn't he? Yeah, Siakam played a little bit of five. Like they had options. Uh, Boston obviously now has a five out look. They've had that for a while. They had Horford, right? Uh, Miami doesn't have a five out look necessarily, but Bam is obviously the front court guy. You could put and they played Kevin Love with the five. And when Miami actually won it, Chris Bosh was a yes. five out guy. So, right? you, so. so you need to have a look where you're more mobile. You're smaller on the perimeter, like you're one to four maybe than you ideally are or than you normally are. But your star front court guy has got to be able to play minutes at the five. So is that, that a Tibbs thing? Or yes. Is that, but because the guys we mentioned. He won't try it. He will, the, he will not try it. He has not tried it, Stacey. You don't get the benefit of the doubt. For, for four years, you cannot try a random. So maybe it's a both thing. But I'm also asking this. The guys you mentioned were much, I think, Everyone you mentioned is a significantly better defender than Randall. I don't think Ibaka was a pretty good defender by that point in time. He's better than Randall, right? Yeah, but but you are but you can put out strong defensive lineups around Randall. Like it, it's not impossible. It, it's just it's Jokic. I mean, it's, I, look, I love Jokic, but come on, he's a strong defender now. He's a lot better than Randall. Much better he, rebounder. He's a better rebounder, bigger. but I don't, I don't think he's like this amazing. Like he's not a good defender, though. I think the big the big issue is that Tibbs is married to drop, and Randall cannot play drop. Right. right so right. the Nuggets play different coverages. They allow sometimes Jokic even blitzes. Right. So. And, and to the and to the point of this, like, if you want to tell me Randall can't be your closing guy at the five, in ninety eight percent of situations, yeah, I agree. Have no problem with that. I'm sorry. I watched Denver last year win a fucking finals, and. Instead of playing back, a backup five, they traded for Thomas Bryant at the deadline last year, by the way, because DeAndre Jordan was that fucking horrible. Um, the West is big, yeah. man. And Thomas Bryant sucked. So they, guess what? Guess what he did? Did he keep playing him at the five and just, you know, give me a five? I need a five. No, he didn't do that. Guess what he did? He just played Aaron Gordon at the five. That's it. That was their backup five minutes last year. Is Aaron Gordon a better defensive player than Julius Randle? Sure. Do you really want to say here? Do we really need to pretend that Aaron Gordon was like? locking up teams at the five and they were just some god no but i mean there's so many parts to untangle here right there is there's this you gotta lean into what what is your team good at what is it what if you look at this next person this knicks roster right now as it exists without mitchell robinson what are their strengths they're actually pretty good at point of attack and defense right now okay they're so to your point my point is that like i'm agreeing with you in the sense that like they have made all these moves they might send out their best point of attack defender now but they made all of these moves to get "quote unquote" hard-nosed perimeter defenders. Do we need to play drop all the time? Maybe that's the issue, right? Like maybe Randall is more viable if you are hedging or switching more, <laughs> because as as much as he lapses on the glass and and on rotations, he's pretty damn good at switching. He's pretty good at um, at hedging, right? And and you know if you give him a task, 
very simple task, and it's not heavy intern, you know, effort intensive. He's pretty good at executing it, right? Um, but I think that's an interesting. I think that that is something I hadn't thought about. But you need that option to go small. I think that that's um, something we all agree with. I just it, it's just it speaks to his and I like there there always be excuses for why he doesn't. I just want one time like if he if you can have excuses for why he can't ever play small, why can why are there always justifications for why he has to play big? Oh well, uh, Grimes wasn't hitting threes, so he had to play hard and RJ. Who yeah, both yeah, though yeah, bro, those guys were fucking lighting it up for three in the playoffs. Like, there's always an excuse for why Tibbs can't do something. But all I know is this. All I know is this. The last time he actually did play small was that game against Orlando, and then nearly made a pretty miraculous comeback. And that was without OG Ananobi, who theoretically should give you more solidity in a look like that. Yeah, the it's a waste he, of OG if you don't play him anywhere but three. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, or it's four a without Randall, right? A, so. and, and honestly, where I was going to go with what you're talking, like the biggest, and I've been saying this since the summer, and I, yeah, this, this trade has been a pretty big change, obviously, but I still think this holds true. The biggest, advantage this roster has is the lineups you can throw out there the versatility it has that's that's declined a bit because part of the versatility you had prior to the trade was having multiple creators but in some ways you can also argue it's opened up other possibilities because you have a more complete set of wing defenders you play og at the why are you playing hard at the two play og at the two neither of them can dribble one is a much better shooter and one is a better defender of shooting guards, right? I mean, just don't play either of them at the two. And I mean, you can have def have them defend. What I'm saying is that, like, if you can play hard at the two, you can definitely play OG at the two, right? So. Yeah, I, I just, um, I, I don't know. I'm, I like really. It's very, very frustrating uh, to watch a game like yesterday because you're just watching a guy who is not interested at all. Like his only pivot in that game is like basically to like tell guys to execute harder. That's all he did the entire game. Right. Uh, like you can just hear it. Like you can see it. You can see it on the floor where you're like, so nothing is changing. We're just going to do the same fucking thing over and over it's and like over. And next over. Yeah, it is like, I mean, honestly, I, I know you're like kind of facetiously making a joke, but it is like that. It's just like me watching Ken Dorsey. We're like, People are like, oh, well, like, why are you complaining about Ken Dorsey? The Bills are always in the top right of all these great graphs. And it's like, yeah, dude, like, you, I can look good, and, like, my shot distribution can look good even if my offense sucks. That doesn't make the offense good. Like, like the if you game just, isn't played on spreadsheets. Yeah, but it's, it isn't. Like, it really isn't. You, yeah, the Knicks took a bunch of threes yesterday. They probably got a bunch of shots in the, at the rim for all I know. They shot well, too. Yeah. That, I mean, but that's the other thing with this is, like, so for that, just looking at that game in isolation, in the moment, I was really fucking annoyed because it felt like they should have won that game. And I had an inkling that I was going to follow that up by watching um, just uh, an embarrassment to sports. I, I don't think I've seen a bigger embarrassment to sports since, um, since Appalachian State. That was a disgrace. They lost to Baker Mayfield, but um, but you know the I, after I take a step back, it's like yeah, we know like what do we learn from yesterday? We know that Randall cannot handle like I I I I've, I've been very critical of Randall, right? We talked about this already. We don't have to rehash it. I'm not. I can't put too much of that game on him. Um, and you can say, well, you know, 
you had Chumo Kiki go four for five. I was like, yeah, but Deuce hit some shots that fucking, unless you're Kyrie Irving, no one expects you to hit those. Or Jalen Brunson. He hits shots that Jalen Brunson ain't hitting that like that. Not to say that that shouldn't be encouraging or that, you know, Deuce doesn't have real shooting ability we should explore. But, um, you know, they missed, it's, it felt like so many Knicks losses. They missed free throws. That's by the way, like, let's, let's talk about this. Like, the Knicks have generally been a decent free throw shooting team this year. Um, RJ was awesome before he got traded. Randall has been up near 80%. He had a shitty game yesterday. DiVincenzo was a good free throw shooter. I don't know what the hell happened yesterday. To me, it also felt like you can't take too much from that game. Um, you know, yeah, you can complain about the heart minutes. You know, the precious minutes, whatever. Precious wasn't that bad yesterday, though. Uh, he fucked up a couple of good passes from Randall. I think it's more like for the long term, did you not explore the Randall lineup like in another game where it probably would have made sense to? Um, but I don't think you can take too much from that game. Like it's we've seen it before, we haven't seen it much this season, which is kind of a sign of progress, but like like you know, some people's takeaway was like Randall isn't the true star. Great, we knew that. Like he's not going to do that. Um, you know, do struggles to create but can shoot. Great, we knew that. Um, it, it was like in retrospect, it's tougher for me to get upset about it than in the minutiae of the game where we had a double-digit point lead and, and you know it kind of crumbled. But it's also like, yeah, but that double-digit lead was built on hitting a lot of tough shots from guys who don't normally hit those. You know, like it, it, any Orlando Magic would be equally, I think, maybe not equally, but I can complain till I'm blue in the face about why the fuck did this have to be the game where Chumo Kiki went four for five from three, but they can complain about Deuce hitting crazy shots in Jalen Suggs' face. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I was very encouraged by what I saw from Deuce just because of what you just mentioned. Like, he was... He didn't get blown up by Suggs. Suggs is a great defender. We saw him give Brunson a really tough time. Uh, the last game. Uh, obviously, I don't think they were focused in on, on Deuce the way they were on Brunson uh, for obvious reasons, but like it's good to see him have a, a pretty decent game against a pretty strong individual defender. Like to be, you know, if you want to put the cards on the table, like quickly isn't wasn't game planned against the way Brunson has been, and he's had struggles with Suggs too. And like, look, Deuce wasn't like exactly cutting Suggs up yesterday either, but he had some good moments, right? Well, and... it was interesting where he was successful. He was successful pulling up and just like, fuck it, it's going up, and making those. Where Quickly doesn't do that, right? He has a lower release. He's more methodical. Do struggled where he kind of had some nice open looks at the basket, or he got into the paint and then just didn't know what to do, where Quickly did succeed, right? So it's interesting to compare yeah, and those. He, and he actually did set up DiVincenzo for a nice corner three in the fourth after he got into the, into the paint. Uh, but DiVincenzo missed it. But like that um, was also even that one though. That's one where when he got into the paint, he paused. Yeah, he and didn't know he, what to read. DiVincenzo was still open. He should make that. But quickly, that's going up. Like quickly knows that read. RJ knows that read, right? So that's just. I mean, something Deuce is getting accustomed to. But th you can see those differences, right? Um. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that um. Like again, it's good to see that. I just I, I just don't know what they're gonna do with Deuce because he's playing well. I think he's earned time in the rotation. 
So what do you do? Is he going to play the two now? Because well, maybe that... that's why they're trading Grimes. Do you think Deuce can't play the two? I don't think it matters what I think. Tibbs is not going to play him with the two next to Brunson. Yeah. So, like, I don't. We don't need to discuss what I want to do or what you want to do because we know what fucking Emperor Penguin has decided he's not going to do. Um. So I. It's just like, this is I don't this understand. This is the most bad you've been at Tibbs in a while. Because I don't understand the point of anything that we're doing. Like, you got this versatile. Ch- oh, we have to give up quickly and RJ to get this versatile defender chess piece queen that you can move all across the board, but you won't move him anywhere. Uh, you, you fucking answered a question that the that king was asked, stays the king. You, you, he answered a question that was asked very specifically by Chris Percy Einan about playing right out the five. Now that you have OG, he said, Yeah, that, that's something that you could do now. He even outlined a lineup where it could work. And he said, and he specifically name checked, he said, Oh, yeah, I like it because Josh can play bigger than you know, he can play bigger, but he won't do it, can't do it. So you know, he's in the process of running Brunson in the fucking ground. He's running Randall. Like, these this minute, the minute he's playing these guys is completely unsustainable. And the only fucking thing anybody wants to talk about is adding, oh, trade this guy, let's trade for that guy. Why? They're, they're all still going to be upset about their minutes. And we've already had, we know for a fact, two guys in this team that are still in the roster were upset about their role prior, like, this season, Grimes and, and Josh Hart. We know that Emmanuel quickly believed he was capable of playing more, doing more, bigger role, however you want to phrase it. And that may have been something that just wasn't going to happen with Brunson here, but I, I, he could have had yeah, more than what he had, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't really want to go down that path. I don't really feel like debating this for a thousandth time. That's three guys. Uh, I would venture to guess that a guy like Dante DiVincenzo was not super pleased about his role situation prior to being a starter. He mentioned he didn't mention it directly, but he did say it was a pretty big adjustment. And it's obviously he wants to start. He said that after I think his first kind of big game for the Knicks when it was might have been against or after they beat Washington. Um, but like when you have this many guys, I mean, and we know last year, right? Like we know guys have been unhappy under Tibbs with their role and minutes, and he's had falling out with players. Like I'm just over it. Like we, you can keep changing these fucking pieces around. Guys are never going to be happy because. He wants people to exist in these static fucking roles that never change. And everybody, that's not how fu- that fucking works, especially not in a league where guys want to make money. Like, and money is tied to playing time and playing time. And, and uh, sorry, money is tied to opportunity. Opportunity is tied to playing time. And Tibbs, like, he can't, like, he did this. He's done this. He did this last year, but he did this again this year, right? He came back and it was everybody's in the same role. Okay, Grimes, you're still, you're the, you're the starting two guard, but there's no more further opportunities for you. I'm not running plays for you. I don't want you like, and that's it. You're the same guy. Everybody is the same, except for Quickly and, and Josh Hart, who randomly had to switch roles. Like, it's bullshit. I'm sorry. He's made bad choices throughout the year. He's also made some good choices, which I credited him for. I think he started the year off actually just doing things that I really liked and I thought were creative and I thought showed genuine growth from him as a coach. And since this trade, I think he's just made shitty choices. The record is what it is because the team is really good. And that starting lineup when they're healthy is fucking gangbusters. But like, I I don't think his coaching has improved because of the roster. I think he's actually been worse. Like the precious Achua minutes are a joke. 
I, I hate to keep harping on this, but they're a joke. And now because he's got OG here who plays more, he like is trying to like force feed Josh Hartman at the two. And that means Grimes plays less. Like it's just stupid. This is just dumb fucking coaching. I'm sorry. Like, and I'm, I'm, and I'm also just sick and tired of what people are like, well, they paid Josh Hart. What can Tibbs do? I don't know. He benched fucking Evan Fournier, right? Like, like, and, and what is he? Is he a coach that is he about what, what he said before, right? We all know all he cares about is winning. He just wants to win so bad. Okay. So if you want to win so bad, then why are you making decisions that are so illogical towards that goal? At least forgetting, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Tibbs is right and I'm wrong and all the choices he's making are the right ones. We won't know that if he doesn't try anything that what he, than what he believes is right. And there's, again, this is his fourth, or yeah, his fourth year now with this team, and there's no evidence of him truly compromising any of that stuff. Like, what growth, like, has he, do you remember when the Bucks lost to um, Miami in the bubble? And there was all this talk about, like, oh my God. Budenholzer, his fucking drop scheme. They're so they don't adjust. They don't do anything different. They just do the same. And that's why they get exposed in the playoffs. And that's why this team doesn't hit its ceiling. And then actually they came back and like they changed their defense. Like that, not, they still played drop heavily, but they did more switching. They did more Giannis at the five stuff, who, you know, all that stuff. Like they did more different things. And fundamentally, at their core, they were always going to be a drop scheme. I get that. Like I get what Tibbs is at his core. But you've got to be able to push outside those boundaries a bit too. And he never wants to do it. He never, and don't forget, wants to. He never does it. Like the, he, he, it's crazy. Like you can, I can actually recall the individual games where he's done something that you're like, wow, holy shit, I can't believe he did this thing. Like last year when we beat Miami to kind of seal the deal for, you know, uh, top six seed, he closed that game with quickly a point and didn't bring Brunson back in. And and had Josh Hart at the four, and and RJ at the three, and and Grimes at the two, and like he closed with a lineup that just had it going, and he rolled with it. I remember him closing with Ob at the five, next to Randall in a game against Philly last season, early in the season. But you can remember these things because they're so fucking rare. They just never, and he never carries it forward. Like he like that game against Orlando this year, he plays Randall at the five, and they nearly make a miraculous comeback, or they at least had a chance to. When they look dead in the water, and 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 you would think after the OG trade, you have the personnel better suited to to give that look a, a, or give that lineup a look now, and and he's not done it at all. So yeah, I am. I'm just frustrated. I'm so sick and tired of talking about this team in these binary ways that he presents it. Like oh well, like the Grimes thing is just fucking annoying to me. Well, Grimes can't. He's, he's decided that Grimes and DiVincenzo can't play. Therefore, they can't ever play. Well, hold on. Wasn't the reason we traded quickly? This is what I've, I I don't want to name any names, but people were saying, well, look at how well DiVincenzo is shooting. Look at Grimes. There's a log jam at shooting guard. Well, quickly has gone, so that'll open up more minutes for them. They might not be as good as quickly, but the, Grimes is getting 13 minutes. So, who... Is, was quickly the issue? Was quickly the reason that Grimes and DiVincenzo were getting minutes? I don't know. I, I, I have a strong suspicion to believe that that is, you have treated not even a symptom. You have treated, you know, a false symptom or something that was completely unrelated. Um, that's, that's kind of a big deal. Like Grimes and DiVincenzo were supposed to get more minutes with quickly gone, right? That hasn't happened. And you can't really blame it on the OG trade. And you can't blame it on, like, 
Do you think I gotta ask you this? Do you think there's any part of Tibbs that is playing Hart more because he buys the creation? Because I like why is why is Hart pushing? Why is Hart bringing the ball up? Why is Hart waving off Deuce? But that's but that's just guard? but that's I I think he is he was doing this while quickly was still here. Do you think that's a Tibbs thing? Yes, I don't think you you. If it, if it wasn't a tips, it doesn't it, actually. It doesn't matter. It it does not matter whether it's a tips thing or not. Either it's a it's a it's a thing that he is directing, or it's a thing that he's allowing. Either way, it's a problem and it falls on him as a coach. If he can't rein him in, or he won't rein him in, or he's unlocking him to do these things, that is a fucking issue of coaching. Like that, it, it does not matter what the reasoning is. Like this isn't oh, you know. Uh, this isn't like a guy not trying on defense, right? Or, or somebody that's just forget not no not trying is a bad example, but somebody who's just a bad defender, right? Like Fournier is just a bad defender. He's a bad defender. So if Tibbs had to play him, in in in, you know, and he just didn't have any options in a given night or something, right? So he just has to play Fournier. You can't kill him for Fournier being bad on defense because he's just bad on defense. Just what it is. You can kill Tibbs for allowing Josh Hart to get away with this stuff, whether he's doing it intentionally or unintentionally, because, like, there's no reason for it. There just isn't. There's no reason to lean into this. And if it, and if he's, again, if he's directing Josh Hart to do it, that's a problem because that's just very weird. And if he's not directing him to do it and he's just allowing it to happen, that means that Hart doesn't. Like he's ignoring his actual instructions, which seems like an even bigger problem. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a joke. And I, he was doing this again. I, I, I know we talked about this yesterday in Discord, but like, again, I would tell anybody to go back and watch the last game that Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett were here for, and go watch the minutes when they're on the floor with Josh Hart. It was an embarrassment. Josh Hart's fucking trying to be Magic Johnson out there, and like, like honestly, I, I'm just gonna throw this out there. You have got guys playing so off kilter at times. I really believe that like Josh Hart has introduced this to this team this year, where like he's playing this so like manically. He's patient zero. I don't he know. Is he Rudy Gobert at COVID? You yes, know, like... but he's he's been playing this manic style of ball, and like he like that Memphis game. What the hell was that? He was just like it looked like he was drunk in first sections of that game, where he's like sprinting. Like, he threw this outlet pass that he got intercepted. Looked... He had like a that was a part of his stretch though. The the time before that he like stumbled yeah. trying to push the pace. And I, I don't understand. Like I just think he's all over the place. To me, he needs to be reined back. I would not trade Grimes right now. Not be again, I want to be very clear about this. I wouldn't trade Grimes right now because I don't think you need to, to use him to get the guys that you're likely to get right now. And I would much rather save him for the actual star trade that we're apparently going to make at some point in time. I think he's a lot more valuable in that context. And I think so like I would drop to Murray. <laughs> yeah. But like, and I, I think you need to retain your young players that actually have value around the league for that move. Not because they're going to, you know, it's not like Grimes by himself. It's him. Oh, wow. We get Grimes. Here's Joel Embiid now. Like, no, I'm not saying that, but I am saying that guy has more value. I think he has a lot more value than some of these protected first we have, you know, like, I, I do believe that. And, um, yeah, like, I, I think... Probably I think not the Dallas one, but definitely, like, the Detroit one. Yeah, I think you're selling low on him. I think we've already seen him play better than he's shown at times this year. And, honestly, what is he even shooting now from three this year? Probably upper four, upper third, not upper 40s, but upper 30s. 
Uh, Quentin Grimes is shooting 39.2% from three this year. Yeah, like you're just going to trade that guy because we need to play Josh Hart more minutes. And it's, it's like, dude, he's – and I, I agree. Like I agree he's not had a good year. I get it. He's struggling. You know, his two-point percentage is down. I mean, it's really down. He's down from 64.1% last year to 45.1%. That's obviously terrible. His EFG is down. His true shooting percentage is down. His volume is down. You know, like I get all of these things. His defense hasn't been quite as good. Yeah, his defense hasn't been as good. But, like, you got to – to me, you don't – that guy showed you something last year. And I just – I refuse to believe that that guy is now gone. Like, he's just – it's just not there. I I really refuse to believe that. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. I'm – I hope they don't do it. Not not right – again, not because, like, I am against training Quentin Rams in any scenarios – uh, it's because I just think that they're training low on him. And honestly, I, I, I find this entire arc with him very troubling and I find very disturbing parallels between kind of his situation this year with Josh Hart and Alec Burke's situation with Qu- Emmanuel quickly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's some parallels in the sense that like, like the Burks quickly thing was so stupid to me. It's like I don't, I wouldn't like Burks was one of the best players on that team. You'd agree, right? He was one of the best players on that team. Yeah, yeah, he was absolutely. It wasn't the problem. Like I think that's like you hate Alec Burks. Did you hate Alec Burks? You didn't hate Alec Burks. I didn't hate. No, Alec I loved. Burks. I loved Alec Burks. There was just no point. Like that. That's the thing. The guy who got off scot free in that whole discussion was Fournier, right? He was starting at the two next to Burks because, quote-unquote, Fournier is bigger. That's the question. It's like, well, hold on. Fournier is bigger for the sense of defense, for with the logic of defense. Is he a better defender than Emmanuel Quickly? That answer was a no. If you don't think Emmanuel Quickly is a good defender, is he a better defender than Quinn Grimes? No. Is he a better defender than Deuce McBride? No. So why is Burks starting at point guard? It does not give you a benefit off. Like, does did Quick, did Tibbs think that, Burks was a better offensive point guard than quickly. Even if he thought that, play them together, right? I think it's different this case because it's just like, I am worried. We gave this dude $20 million a year and he can't shoot well. You know, they're trying to make him create. Isn't great at that. He has these intangible things, which now I'm curious, like, has he been a merchant of guys like quickly or maybe when he was in Portland and New Orleans? other on-off good players. I, I'm, you know, I've been more, I've been more hesitant to criticize Hart than you, I think, this year, but it's a worry, you know? I mean, I, I don't know anybody's hesitant to criticize Josh Hart. You can love the guy, but... No, I've been, I've been more hesitant. I think on this pod, you've been a little bit more critical of him early in the year. I was saying... Because it, it, I, I don't, I'm not trying to, like, fucking, you know... Let's not jerk Hart. What does it say? Let's not, Let's not start sucking each other's dicks right yet. Or yeah, but like, like I'm not trying to you know fillet myself here, but like I think it's been obvious all year that Hart has been playing like kind of a jackass, and I this started a little bit last year in the playoffs because I remember watching that. There's very specifically, I'll never forget this. I think it was before game three, before game three against Miami, and. Quickly's obviously struggled in the playoffs to that point. And I don't know. I think somebody, they asked Josh Hart, you know, how are you guys going to, have you guys talked about it? Like, are you, are, do you guys feel like you need to do something to help him get going? 
And Hart specifically was like, yeah, you know, like there are times I'm missing him and when he's open and I got to find him, I got to, I got to help him out. I got to give him confidence. And the very next game, he brings the ball down the floor in transition, sees quickly open instead dribble penetrates. I think he like turned the ball over or whatever. I don't think he's inherently a selfish player. I think he is playing selfishly. And I think there are seeds of that that started last season. And it's not a coincidence, I don't think, that part of this started when Tibbs extended his role and importance to the team to a level that it should never be at. Um, and like, you know, when they were injured and they were shorthanded, you could understand it. But even when they had a full deck, he he kept him in over, you know, kind of over relying on him. And that's continued into the season despite how he how he's playing the decisions he makes like the pure decision making elements of his play this year have been atrocious as far yeah. as i'm concerned and like his numbers across the board are just not good like I, and i get it like i not say, even the on off the on off without quickly is awful yeah sure. and and it's it's come down a little bit um since then that that he had those back-to-back monster uh, on a plus minus games against what is it philly and somebody else but uh, i but everyone did right so yeah well his but his were crazy at like a plus 46 against philly uh but you know if you look at his his true shooting percentage right now is the second lowest of his career 53.1 he has a lower assist percentage than he's had since his fourth year in the league he has a higher turnover his turnover percentage right now is higher than it's been. It's the, yeah, it's the third highest of, or second highest of his career right now, his turnover percentage. And it seems like a pretty bad combination of things that are working against you. His offensive rebound percentage is lower than it's been since. Wow, really? Yeah, it's, his offensive lower. So he's not even giving you what you, what, no. you know, his biggest trait. So. No, his defensive rebound percentage is lower than it's been since uh, his second year in the league. So, like he's not playing well across the board. He's not playing as well as he did last year for sure. His finishing has been atrocious. I mean, he's shooting right now at the rim, or not? Sorry, he's getting to the rim way less, which might speak to role. So if you want to, you know, say some of that's about the lineups, I don't disagree. Guess what? It's hard to get to the rim when teams aren't fucking respecting you and you play in lineups where you're the two. That'll that'll certainly hurt your fucking ability to get to the rim. Um, He's taking the lowest percentage of shots at the rim than he has since his second year in the league. He's taking all those dumbass fadeaways. With... Yeah, he's taking all these stupid ass fucking mid range shots. He's just playing like an asshole. And like, you know, again, the turnover stuff is debilitating at times. He got he got fucking ripped yesterday by Cole Anthony off a rebound. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, really? That was that's... insane. That was such a. It's the kind of play you just never expect from Hart, right? And uh, that's what he's there for. By the way, I, I will shout out Cole Anthony. Like, if we could get a guard, I would trade Grimes for Cole Anthony. I think, like, he is, like, I don't think he's as good as quickly, but he is, like, the guy that gives you all of that stuff plus shot creation, you know? So, yeah. Um, had a couple of big offensive rebounds late. Like, just the guy that makes plays and, and obviously has the skill on the offensive end to, to move the needle as well. So, I just I I don't I don't love shooting on Josh Hart. Josh Hart's a guy I've actually you, me and Press talked about it when we traded for him and before that, but like he's a guy I've wanted on the Knicks previously. Like I I, I like the player he is. I, I mean, like you wanted you you wrote one of the first pieces on PNT I think about the Randall Porzingis combo. So you wanted Randall on the Knicks at one point too. So you shit on it yeah. too. 
Yeah, but like <clears throat> Josh Hart is not playing well. And 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 the bigger issue is like I don't I don't even think it's that big of a deal that he's not playing well. You know what I mean? Like I think it's a, guys struggle at various points in their career. Like the big thing about stars and, and the 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 great stars, what makes stars stars is they're consistently excellent. Like that is what a star is. A star is a consistently excellent player. And role players generally will not be as consistent. That's okay. That's that's kind of like what you expect. Josh Hart has been bad this year. And you know what? Again, that's okay. You just have to cut his minutes and dial it back. And probably by the end of the year, he'll put together a 15-game strategy. and you'll be like, oh, wow, he's ready to go. Let's roll out. Like, he's dial up his minutes and we can like but you got to do it and Tibbs refuses to do it Tibbs just is trying to play him through this and that's really frustrating and I think it's I think it's causing issues I I I really think that like a lot of the stuff we've talked about Grimes minutes um all these things you know where how like the like this idea that we can't make trades because oh my god what will happen if we have another good player is so stupid. Like it is so dumb to operate this way. Well, how could Tibbs manage the rotation? I don't know. Like a fucking normal human being. Is that possible? Can we do that? Yeah, that's the whole, it's just like, they're like, well, you have to give heart. I was talking to someone I respect on Twitter. I'm not going to name any names, but he was saying, well, Hart needed 23 minutes. You need to give him 20 plus minutes. That's how he gets going with his hustle stuff. And I was like, hold on. We're talking about Grimes getting 13 minutes here. Hasn't it always been the thing that shooters need to get into a rhythm, right? Hustle stats and all of that should just come no matter what. And it just seems like we often do these kind of... Me and you have both probably done it too, where we do these kind of gymnastics to defend. It's like, dude, just play Randall at the five for five minutes. You lost a fucking game anyway. Um, Precious Achua... There's no you can't tell me Precious Achua is worse at the five than Julius Randle. You just can't tell me that. There's no way he's a worse center than Julius Randle. Or sorry, well, I mixed that up. There's no way he's a better center than Julius Randle. Do you actually think that? Do you think is there anything? Is he a better rim protector than Randle? Maybe. Precious. Maybe. I mean, maybe he, not even that. That's no, he's not. He's no idea. Obviously, in offense, there's no comparison. But yeah, Precious the, is so much better. Why would Randall? What does he give you that Randall doesn't give you at the five? Then if you say, well, we needed Randall to play a bunch of minutes at the four, like, okay, but you already had to bench him anyway. Split those minutes up. You were feeding OG. You know, you you think uh, Josh Hart is a point guard. Play him more at the three. Get get some shooting around them. Because that, that's that's the other thing. It's like, as much as I want to like be critical of of Randall and honestly Deuce. And Flynn. You can throw Flynn in there. They struggled to, like, get into the paint, right? Um, how many times, I cannot stress this enough, how many times were they running the baseline and they're like, what the fuck, why are there 20 dudes on me? Oh, look, Josh is open. They throw it to Josh, either bricks a three, pump fakes. That's what their game plan is. That is the game plan when Josh Hart is in the game. And there's another five in there. It also, you know, the other thing too, it also makes it, yeah, yeah, I, I can't believe, great point. I can't believe we didn't bring this up the entire time. The killer is playing, Hart also exclusively like plays his fucking minutes with Precious right now, which is insane. Like, it's like the worst combination possible. I want to like 
fucking you know I, i'm like i feel like i i'm like lenny watching it and somebody's just like yeah t- tell me george about the farm the rabbits <laughs> tell me about the rabbits george i don't know which uh, lenny you were talking about man so <laughs> but but like uh the so when you when you're like what you just described it also makes it easier for teams like they know they they don't even give a fuck when like they close out on Hart and he drives by them. They don't give a shit because they're all they're already like oh the five is gonna we have the five waiting for him at the rim. So they are already closing out to like another shooter potentially, right? Oh, there's Deuce. That might be who Hart kicks it out to now because he's definitely not gonna take take the fucking shot. And so it just compounds. It compounds. It compounds. It makes it harder for everybody. It's why I can't put it on Randall yesterday? Like how many of those possessions he was trying to make the like. We've seen shitty Randall performances, right? Do you honestly think like his process was bad yesterday? Like his process, not the results, the process. No, I, I so I'll be honest. Like I did not have a problem. Like the defensive stuff was bad, and it was bad even before he got hurt. So like, but he finished a plus two. I think it's worth I know, mentioning. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he finished a plus two, and like I I, I mentioned why. Like I think that. You know, even when he had a bad game individually in terms of scoring offensively, it's very, very obvious the things he opens up can help other guys on the floor. That's very clear to me. I I don't I didn't have a problem with his process offensively. Was there some stuff that like sure he didn't play like the perfect process game ever, but no, his process was fine. And to your, like you mentioned, he it, wasn't playing an asshole. Like, no, he wasn't. And and I actually think like the reason why I buy that he was legit injured. Um, is at the end of the game, like this is like you know in the playoffs last year, I just was annoyed because people were like, oh, I think he's he's hurt, and I'm like, dude, he's still like taking these possessions up at the end of games and trying to force shit that is a joke. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt here, but yesterday, if you watch the end of the game, like he was trying to like yeah, he get the ball, but he's trying to like get it back to Deuce, set a screen for Deuce, run a dribble handoff with Deuce. Like he was not really trying to create that much because I think he knew he just didn't have it. You know whether that be because of injury, injury or because they're focused on him, right? So yeah. yeah, or or because you know he went to a game in fucking Dallas the day before, and who God knows you really think that's an issue. I think it's a bad look. Besides the fact that the Cowboys fan and all Cowboys fans suck, but <laughs> so Julius Randall, so Kaiden sucks. I'm, I don't I don't take shots to little kids, but <laughs> um, but like also I I think it. It's a bad look in the sense of, yeah, optics can be what they are. I don't think it's personally. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I, I just have a hard time questioning his like. I I'll question a lot of things about Randall. I don't think I can really question his willingness to show up for work. Like he he does it all the time. So I just He's generally not Dante, right? I'm not even supposed to be here today. Yeah, I, I'm. I, yeah, I, like that. I don't know why also, I came like, like that. Did, didn't we have like. Brunson went to like a fucking Villanova jersey ceremony this year, right? Like, well, that's, local. And, that's the yeah, it, it's difference. local, but it's still a fucking travel, right? Like, at the point, because honestly, dude, I don't think there's a huge difference between like the way these guys travel between going to Philadelphia, New York, and fucking Dallas, New York. I don't, I really don't. Um, so, I don't know. If people want to make a big deal about it, I'm not going to like shit on them for it because I kind of get that. But personally, to me, I don't really give a fuck. Um, I think, to, like, if he didn't show up, like, if it, his effort sucked yesterday, I don't think it had anything to do with that trip. I think he just effort. Like, if you just think his effort sucked, his effort just sucked. I don't think it had anything to do with that trip because we've seen him play like a back to back before, and he's fine. 
So now all of a sudden going to Dallas for a game is the reason he was lethargic yesterday. Like, I, I think that's bullshit. Um, but yeah, like I, I like, no, I agree. I, I thought the defensive stuff again, like that's fair. I think it's fair to criticize him for that. Even if you want to give him the caveat of the injury, um, which I kind of do. But again, like with Julius, I'm just at a point where I'm like, dude, I don't give a shit about any of this until the playoffs. If, if you get the same type of mixed bag performances in the playoffs, then, you know, go, I'll, I'll be right there, you know, with my fucking uh, pitchfork and, and torch in hand and criticizing him. But like right now, like, no, I, I think he's fine. I, I had very little issue with his performance yesterday other than just being like, would have been nice if you made a fucking shot. Um, yeah, the, the three-pointer was thing- awful yesterday. Like it, that's, as much as like I love the improved kind of willingness to go to ten feet, it's like getting some of the even last season's three point shooting would be nice. Um, getting back to Hart, do you think Hart is as detrimental right now as Alfred Payton was to the offense in terms of spacing? Sorry, say it again. Do you think Hart is as detrimental right now to the spacing on offense as Alfred Payton was? Um. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I think so. I think it's fair to say that. Like the guy the guy can't shoot from anywhere but the corners and he's not shooting well from the corners. Like just looking at his numbers. Uh I don't know what he's shooting above the break, but from the corner this year, he's taking 35% of his threes from the corner, he's shooting 33.3%. Uh he's a career four like if you want the he's going to get better. He's shooting 40 point his career he's shooting 40.7% from 3 in the corners, corner three. Uh, and he's actually taking the second highest percentage of corner threes he ever has in a year, aside aside uh, from last year with the Knicks. But that's not a big spacing help necessarily, right? So It isn't, but he gets a lot of payoff possessions, right? It's, you know, he gets, he gets a lot of tush-push one-yard runs here. We need him to cash one, cash him in at a higher rate. He got stopped on that. I mean, it was a face mask. We don't. don't, don't, I mean, this is not the first time there's been a controversial voting result in Florida. Um, (laughs) But um, you know, the um, it's. I I honestly want to say, well, can you just give him Grimes' minutes and give Grimes his minutes? At this point, like you said this before, you said like, why don't they have OG? Like everybody else on the roster does at least a few of the things Hart does, and some of them do... OG does everything Hart does at a better level. Besides maybe handle the ball. But honestly, that is splitting hairs. DiVincenzo... I mean, is is DiVincenzo a palpably worse defender... or Sorry, rebounder than Hart? Marginally, maybe? DiVincenzo is like... He had some big fucking rebounds. I mean, you'd agree with that, right? Um, Obviously, better shooter. Um probably equal as passers, but I think DiVincenzo is, is more willing to defer. Grimes is a Grimes is a way better point of attack defender. OG is a better point of it. So if you look at the bag of skills that Hart has, that is the overlap, right? We talked about overlapping skills between Grimes and DiVincenzo. He's the overlap right now, and he's going to pay $20 million. And I think maybe it's just one or two games, but as someone again who really was a, a defender of the heart trade last year, I, I'm starting to agree with you that like, yeah, like OG's here now. 
what would you say you bring? What would you say you do here? I don't know. And it's taking minutes away from guys who do actually, you know, kind of diversify and amplify the skill set of the other guys on the roster. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what it is. Like, I, I don't, I'll, I'm just going to close with this, but like, I'll, I'll, I've, I did have one other thing I wanted to bring up afterwards, but yeah, go for it. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like cards on the table. Like, I would have fired Tibbs after last season because I thought that was as far as he could take this team. And I know there are people that are like, "Well, he hasn't gotten a superstar yet. You got it. Well, that's fine." I, he has I don't. One, by the way, I think. Yeah, but. and and I just fundamentally like the things that I I feel are problematic are not related to the talent level on the roster specifically. Like, it's not about. I don't care that they lost to the Heat last year. I care about how they lost. And I I think his process has limitations. I think his lack of flexibility has limitations. And I don't know that those things change even when you get superstars. If you think that all that matters is superstars, I would tell you to go watch, look at Doc Rivers' record with all the superstars he's coached. It's not very great. Um, you need to he be won a ring. He did back in 2008. And you want to know why he did that? Because he used KG at the five. Um, and he wouldn't. Boom! Yeah, that's oh, that was that was a brag drop right yeah. there. And Posey at the four. Wow, what a moment. Um, but like, do you think Tibbs wouldn't use KG at the five? I don't know. Damn. Yeah. I mean, I, I I see where you're coming from. I think he, he wasn't would, that coach. If he used Precious at the five, he's got to use KG, right? Unless you think yeah, KG's worse. He center. uses he uses Precious at the five, next to Randall. Well, Randall isn't KG. Yes, he is. <laughs> uh, I did want to. Has KG ever did KG ever average twenty five, ten, and five? I mean, like he said, anything is possible. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know I I think he would have used Garnett at the five because Garnett is like an actual good defensive player. But I also think we'd be sitting here being like, man, we should probably do that more. Um, <laughs> and I mean, probably look, Celtics fans are probably doing the same thing with. But it's it's more reasonable if you do it at all, like. You, if you don't ever do it, then what the fuck? And, like, how and Doc it? used Paul Reed at the fight. Well, Paul Reed was kind of the big contention for, I think, a lot of Sixers beat writers. Just so you know, uh, Kevin Garnett never averaged 25 points per game in his career. Julius never, I had him on a team, I had a, on a fantasy team where he was putting up like 25, 15, and 5 or something. He had 24, he, he had 24, 14, and 5 one year. It was good enough for my fantasy team. Yeah. Uh, um, Not good but, enough to be Julius Randle, though. <laughs> Uh, before we get out, I did want to ask, um, is there a chance they completely eschew the trade market? Is it a shoe, eschew? Um, eschew the tra- trade market. Um, eschew. A guy that, eschew. Um, and a guy that's come up is Gordon Hayward. We know the Knicks had interest in him a, a few years back. Uh, Leon Rose's first summer, I believe. Um, they offered him 4 for 100. He ended up signing for 4 for 120. Is there... I mean, because Hayward is still, his numbers are still pretty good from what I've seen, from what the impact stats are saying, the defense is just awful. But besides Mark Williams and I guess Miles Bridges to some extent, Charlotte isn't playing very many even adequate defenders. Do you think that is the kind of move that move that feel that um, that fills the need for a, a another creator off the bench? Rozier? No, Hayward. Hayward, uh, Hayward buyout, you mean? Yeah. 
Um, I mean, can we can we we can't trade for him, right? Because we don't, we don't, have, the we don't have the salaries. Uh, Gordon Hayward. I haven't even. I, I'm not gonna pretend like I've been watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thirty-eight percent for three. You know, when I've been when I've been crunching the uh, the Hornets tape this year. Uh, no, I like his numbers are sure bad. They're forty-seven from the field, thirty-six from three. His defense is apparently like ass. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I I tend to believe that that's probably true. His defensive EPM isn't that bad, but I think defensive EPM has a lot of noise for a lot of reasons. Um, Darko often... does not like his defense at all. Like he's taking a nose. Like he's worse on Darko than Dejounte, which is kind of yeah. And I and I think I think Darko is much better at grabbing defensive information than than EPM is. So that that tracks from what we've seen of him also. I think it's like I don't know, maybe, but to me it's like you're so you're signing Hayward to like this is all to like mitigate Tib stuff. You know what I mean? Like I I just we, don't. We need a creator no matter what. Like without we do, but but and he can do that still. I like. I think if you're gonna go get a creator, then just go get one. Like go get one that actually matters. Like I don't think Hayward's gonna matter in the playoffs. Do you think Hayward is a worse creator than Brogdon? I don't even know if I'm believe that. Hayward's I a big he's, I think he's worse than what we need. We need somebody that can dribble penetrate consistently. He can't do that. Gore, Hayward's he's more a of a really good passer and he's a good he shooter. Is. But he's more of a secondary guy. He's a guy that can play off of the initial action. So, and yeah, like, you have a hybrid, but that's kind of what we've done in the past. You have this hybrid like Deuce is not quite a primary but can yeah, but do quite, some but stuff. Quite, but and Hayward, quickly, so those two together but it's easier to do that with quickly because quickly is just better right now at initiating and just generally kind of getting into. But you can pain. follow that model, right? Like a couple of guys you who are not can, on but, their own. But you can't do like you. You're they can't. I think if you do that, that's your big move. You punt. You're punting the season. You're saying that. Yeah, I'd rather do that than like Demurray. I'll just say that. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather do that than Murray. And I think but... there's a debate about whether that's actually a worse move than giving up an asset, even a minor one. I think I think I would. I think Rozier is just who I'd go for. Really? What do you think it would cost? Rozier's got two years left in his contract. It's not a bad contract. It's like two years, fifty million, something like that. Um, I don't know what what do the Hornets want to do. This is the problem. We don't know what the Hornets want to do. They've been holding on to this guy fucking forever. But I would like to think that, like, I don't know, you throw Fournier and give them a protected first couple seconds call it a day like are they really getting more than that i don't know i'd love to know what team is going to give up more than that for terry rozier and i would love to know why they want to keep terry rozier continuously maybe terry rozier can ask out too. do us a solid i need to go to new york okay we'll send you there no i don't know i i again i like i'd like to believe that He's not like there's no reason for me to believe he's worth some exorbitant amount as a as an asset. Down. Do they want to get rid of him? I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But his name keeps crop, cropping up, and you would think that at some point he'd want to get the fuck out of there and like maybe play meaningful basketball again because they're not even close to playing meaningful basketball right now, and they don't seem destined to be close to it anytime soon. So, yeah. But you still wouldn't trade Grimes for him. No. That is interesting because he, he's a pretty good shooter. I, he's not that level of defender, but he gives that. Like, you need, like, the, the, we're trying to be good this year, right? So to me, it's important to keep depth and it's good. It's important to keep guys that give you options. 
even if Grimes isn't happy about his role the rest of the year, tough shit. We'll deal with that in the offseason. We can trade you in the offseason if we need to be. And I think it's easier to get value for him in the offseason or use him in a way that makes sense in the offseason. I don't think it makes sense to deal him right now. I would not trade him for DeJounte Murray. I would not trade him for really any of these guys other than Clarkson, like I said before. Um, yeah, you didn't say Clarkson. You said um, – Or Sorry, not Clarkson. Sexton, Sexton. Sexton. Yeah. <laughs> Sexton's the only guy. Um, but Clarkson, like, I like Clarkson, but I wouldn't do it for him. Like, I like a lot of these guys. I'm just not interested in trading away Grimes. And I think people are underestimating the value that Grimes has as a restricted free agent. Like, yeah, you got to pay him, but guess what? You can pay him pretty fucking easily because you control his restricted free agency rights. And can we stop? Like, I'm so sick and tired of fucking our fans undervaluing our guys. Emmanuel quickly was traded for apparently the God mode three and D defender of the NBA. It's clearly he had fucking value. Okay. Like clearly RJ Barrett had some value too, to be included in that deal, I guess. Like, but I think Emmanuel quickly clearly was they're both playing really well. Like yeah. with so RJ, we, I think we'll see with the three point yeah. shooting, but quickly is the starting guard. And they're like, he can't do it against starters. Yeah. And, and he's still like, by the way, his on off stats have translated. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. And, like, and he's still and, like plus six yeah. on off. And and the, the the stupidest fucking thing, it, like these are the same people. Oh, I think Grimes would be. I think I think McBride could be good if he gets chances. Oh, you're just saying that another classic case of like Knicks fans overvaluing their young guys. And like you, I, you were, on, you've stayed on the Deuce of Pride Island. Uh, I I I had kind of like felt you know maybe it happens for him. I don't think it's gonna you happen. Took a boat, tried yeah. to see clearer waters. And yeah, I'm on that. a boat. Uh, but like, but like he. He's clearly benefiting from the fact that now he's in the rotation, and now we're saying, okay, wow, this guy actually does have like not just skills to be like a nice little spark plug, but like maybe there's more there, you know? Like this team is drafted well. Mitch, this people used to say this about Mitch. Like I, I'm guilty of that too. But people said this about Mitch, right? Guess what? Mitchell Robinson, really good starting center. Like maybe we don't just overvalue our guys. Maybe we just think our guys are good and not dudes that we should just throw away for fucking random fucking names in the trade machine. Is that that's is that so bad? Is that so hard to believe? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, it's just like it's if Grimes is just a throw-in or like a like if you can get a creator, not I mean fuck sign Isaiah. <laughs> I, I'm that was a joke, but um, you know, like what this is remember the look, I don't I think the untouchable thing was just crazy, but is this guy really going from a guy you were very ch- He's not untouchable in a Mitchell trade, but he was clearly very highly valued in a Donovan Mitchell trade. So you won't trade him for Donovan Mitchell, who, whatever our reservations are, is orders of magnitude better than the guys that are on that list that you mentioned. Now you're going to trade him for Jordan Clarkson? That's a big, steep drop, especially for a guy who's still shooting 40% from three. And you can talk about his two-point percentage. That's his job. 40%, like, can you shoot 40% from three? Yes. Can you provide... He has not been... Elite point of attack defense. This is a we we won game game five. We like he made the big play there, right? At the yeah. end, of the game, he was fucking yeah. hurt, and he stole the ball from Butler, and um, and it's it's insane. And yeah, depth is part of it, and it's also like why are we doing this? It's because we had to get rid of quickly because Deuce and because Divincenzo and Grimes aren't getting minutes. Well, we have to get rid of Grimes now because we don't have a creator and he's not getting minutes anyway. Well, what's the common denominator there? You got rid of – you said this, right? You said RJ gone, that'll open up a ton of minutes. So we'll quickly. How is, Deuce still, how is Grimes still getting 13 minutes a game? It's fucking nuts. Yeah, it's 
It is certainly something. But and, hey. and and I think Precious, you, you're right to bring it up. Everyone's going to talk about Hart. It's right to bring up the fact that you put Randall a little bit more at the five. You open up some minutes from OG at the four. Um, you know, and you can shift some of those heart minutes there. We don't have to eliminate him or even reduce his minutes, but it's like, why is Grimes, we, we scored 94 points in a game. Why is a guy who went three for four, two for three from three, who's like one of your few shooters, why is he getting 13 points, 13 minutes? I don't know. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. And I really just, I don't have an explanation for it. Um, I, the last thing I'll say is just like, I get the, the logic of the moves that these guys that the front office seems to be making. Um, I don't necessarily agree with what seems to be an over-reliance on Tom Thibodeau in guiding this, but um, nonetheless, I get the logic of it. I don't love it as a fan. Like I would like to have some young players in this team that we drafted and developed and were part of like whatever it is that we're building towards. Feels a little shitty to me that quick and RJ. Yeah. I mean, Deuce is here, but like it's, We'll see. He's here for now. Um, it feels shitty to me that RJ and Quick aren't here. Um, although, again, I get it. I understand it. Just sucks as a fan. And, like, if Grimes is all of a sudden, like, look, man, I, I tweeted this out. I'm sure you can find it after the Knicks beat that cat, the won the Cavs series. But, like, I love that game five. Like, that game featured, we had four guys that we drafted, scored double digits, I believe. Uh, quickly, Mitch, RJ, Obi. Our rotation last year had five guys that we drafted and developed. Obi was awesome. Like, yeah, right I forgot about that. We had five guys in our rotation last year that were drafted and developed here. Quick, RJ, Mitch, Grimes, and Obi. And now, like, I'm supposed to have no feelings about potentially having one of those guys left who's not even fucking playing right now because he's hurt. Um, like, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying it's wrong. for If people view it just as, like, transactional stuff, I get it. It's just, this is just for me personally, just how I am as a fan, I guess. Like, I just, I struggle with that. I think it sucks. I would like to have some guys that were drafted and developed here. I think it means something to to do that. I'm not saying those guys have to be the best guys in your team or they have to be the only guys in your team. Obviously, not everybody's as fortunate as, say, like a Denver or a Golden State or whatever. But um, I would like it and it would be nice. And I don't, they don't need to be superstars. But yeah, like, I would like them to be a, you know, person on this team and like already i've already seen people with hartenstein playing the way he is i've seen people talk about you know and i've i've talked about it too because it's the cold-hearted reality of like well what if they need to trade mitch and like what if mitch's salary to go out and you know like it's very possible that happens and i just think it's tough like i i personally again this is just me i'm not telling anybody how to feel about it because ultimately we all want the Knicks to win i just i just think it would suck if like you know we're sitting here a year from now and all five of those guys are gone from this team. And that doesn't mean that that would be objectively the wrong basketball move. I just think it kind of sucks from a fan, from my personal fan perspective. I also don't think it makes it bad. I think choosing Hart over Grimes and quickly, I don't think that's a good basketball move either. So Yeah, I think that's flat out stupid. And if that's what it becomes, that's we'll have to hopefully get over that somehow. But um, yeah. All right. Uh, that is our show for today. Uh, Stacy, let the people know they can find you and plug anything you'd like to plug. Maybe, um, a, maybe an Eagles head coaching search. Are you going to put your hat in the ring? I'll, I'll say this. Um, if you were a coach looking to get back to the NFL, you wanted a chance to win a Super Bowl. If your identity was built around strong defensive lines, strong offensive lines, 
a mobile quarterback. Um, why would you not want to go to Philadelphia? And are there any college coaches like that who may be on the job market right now? You guys should hire Ken Dorsey. He's so different from what you guys are doing this year. If he's going to go, <laughs> if he's going to go, I would rather him go to coach the Eagles than fucking Dallas. God, if he went to Dallas, if Harbo went to Dallas, that wouldn't ruin the national championship vibes, but it would it would be a real turd in the the punch bowl. Um, but um, I won't plug I, it I in. Can't, I, can't, plug I, it can't in. See, I can't see Harbo going to Dallas. That just does not seem like a horrible place. The reason I don't think I think Philly's the best fit, actually, honestly. It's a it's an inside out line based place with a good quarterback. I think the only reason it might not work is because Howie won't seed control. And if LA's willing to give him that, fine. And if, if no one's willing to give that, he'll come back. But um like in terms of the NFL fit, you want to win a Super Bowl? Yeah. Um, uh, and his brother coached there. But um I'll just plug all the great work at the Strickland. Uh, strictly NFL, um, as the playoffs heat up, definitely listen to Khan and Jeff. Um, and, uh, you know, they have some really, really good takes. I always love talking football with Khan. So, uh, and, and all the great work we're doing on the Knicks um, as we get into this uh, important stretch with a lot of home games. So, as a Strickland. Um, yeah, I have, uh, I have nothing to plug personally, so I'll just plug all the work at Strickland as well. Check out... Uh, post games and all that stuff uh i believe me and uh luca you might know him on twitter as at nickstape two underscores afterwards uh we'll be going live and doing a playback tomorrow for the next game so um keep an eye out for that and uh aside from that i think the plug so uh thank you to everyone for listening thank you to bet online for sponsoring that is our show for today hope everybody has a great week and i will see you on friday Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you mean cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcast. Yes.